1: It feels good to be independent, it's priceless. You know, it feels good to help the people you love and not have to ask. It feels good to be able to link up and be a rock star without saying anything that's going to hurt our culture, because I know how to make Mm. money off hurting our culture. I've Mm. done it. And karmically it's kicked me in the ass. Mm. You know, to even watch a 19 Keys, like, yo, I've been on stage and seen him in the audience. And now I'm on stage with them. You know, I'm looking for more partners. I'm not looking for soldiers, I'm looking for generals. And I'm I'm willing to bet it all, because that's what I've done, and I've done it in real time, in front of everybody. It's not embarrassing to bet on what you love, to stand unapologetically behind what, what makes you feel good. And also, you know, good taste is cheap where other people can't pay for it. And it transcends every dimension and vertical of who you are. So, what was the
2: question? <laughs> Somewhere in there you answered it. <laughs>
3: 19 keys, 19,
2: I appreciate my pops for teaching me how to be a god. I'm a boy to a man and ultimately back into the natural state of being, into a God. As God's supposed to always move with that higher self. But I had to be able to execute it. Having knowledge is not power. The execution of knowledge is power. Knowledge makes a man unfit to be a slave. Because the only real knowledge you can get is knowledge of self. This is the highest level. The highest level is ownership.
4: The highest level is power, the highest level
2: is sovereignty, the highest level is higher
4: consciousness, the highest level is when
2: we own our own culture. It's at a very high level, not high level, a high like that. It's time for a high level conversation. We're here for another high level conversation. High level conversation. conversation. Tap in with the God. We at low level, we at high level. High level. We at low level, we at high level. high level. Coming to Oakland, it's different like going anywhere else on the planet Earth. But this is what made me right here. When you from Oakland or you from the Bay Area period, you got a different level of consciousness. For me, I'm all about taking this oath so that we get to the highest level. Because we only dangerous if we work together. If you control by what you see, you're low level. A high level observer controls what they see. I apply the meaning. We have to get to this point where we have complete autonomy and power. And most of the things that we do, we're being controlled by it, but you're just not thinking about it intentionally on a daily basis. Coming to Oakland, it's different like going anywhere else on the planet Earth. You know, this is what made me right here. When you're from Oakland, or you're from the Bay Area period, you got a different level of consciousness. Even if you're not really into it, as far as your display, you know it because your environment soaked you in it. So people who come from Oakland got a different type of game. I know everybody in here understand, right? But the thing about game is you have to refine it in order to be able to get to your highest level. Otherwise, you can be stuck by your environment. Because the game that you get, if that's what made the environment and your environment ain't the highest level, then you don't have the game to get to the highest level. So we have to learn how to get game outside of our environment that they don't teach us. And so what I've been trying to do on my journey is elevate the environments that we live in by importing the right type of game that we need to play the game of life. I don't think that our generation fully understands the idea of freedom anymore. I'm talking about from what I learned, the idea of what freedom meant. Growing up to me, freedom was power. It meant you control things. It meant you control your environment, your schooling, your education. It meant you control the grocery stores who feed you. You can't be against the person who feeds you. You can't have power. This generation is all about getting their freedom from their sexual identity rather than wealth and control. So coming to Oakland, I was reading something about Huey P. Newton, and he had this concept about revolutionary suicide. And he talked about the idea that a lot of people live circumstances going against their oppression and they have reactionary suicide versus revolutionary suicide is fighting for your freedom against oppressors where you end up dying. It's not that you're suicidal, it's that you no longer fear death. And we're at this point right now where you have to make a choice because there's too many people who die while living. How many of you all know somebody that's a shell of who they used to be mentally, spiritually? They was bright. You thought they was going on a good trajectory. Now they're mentally gone. That light bulb, that idea for their future that you have for them no longer exists. Whether they're dead, they're in jail, they're on drugs, or they're just mentally unstable. So we got a spiritual warfare that we're facing with, and we talk about mental health a lot in this country, but we don't deal with spiritual health. We don't deal with the physical health or the brain health, so we can't really address it. We don't deal with the environmental health of the environments that we live in. Growing up, we got game, but only on certain things. We didn't get the game of how to build wealth and understand finances. We didn't get the game of how to put ourselves in positions of power so that we could have political power. So today, we're still working to bring about the dreams that our ancestors had. Huey P. Newton understood that revolution was going to come, but not in his time. He believed that this was the time after him So for me, it's about revolution now. I believe in being rich and righteous. So we got to take a lot of the concept that they gave us and we have to rework them in the time that we live in today because we got a different level of access. Time not the same that it used to be. What used to take us hours, days, or weeks can now be done in days. We got the internet. We got artificial intelligence. We have vast social networks that we can use. See, what I've been working to do this whole time is put myself on display. Because I believe that in order for us to get to where we want to be at in the future, everybody has to take on a new title. And it's the very title that nobody wants to take. It's not the title of CEO. It's not the title of boss. It's not the title of influencer. It's the title of being a leader. Nobody wants to be a leader anymore. They killed that spirit of a black man or a black woman standing up saying that I'm going to lead the cause. So now we don't have leaders in the family, right? We got everybody just following followers. Nobody is following leaders anymore. And we are being influenced by somebody else who's being influenced, who is influenced by somebody else. We don't even know where it starts. So when we talk about gaining power, it first starts with self. I'm a walking example of everything that I talk about. So nobody can make excuses around me because I don't make excuses for myself and I don't feel sorry for nobody. I travel around the world. Shout out to my brothers EYL. I travel around the world with them and we get the gracious ability to sell out stadiums, to sell out venues. And it's a representation that the paradigm is changing that what people are interested in is changing. Y'all may have seen me on The Breakfast Club. Y'all may have seen me on Drink Champs in different places, and people be like, how the hell Keys do that? You know, first thing they think black man successful, you got to be selling out. I tell them, you see them standing next to me, they sold out to me. It's different. But we don't think of it like that because we always get a devil power. We don't give God none. We know all his plans. We don't know none of God's, though. We got a conspiracy for everything that the devil go do, every way he go use technology, the world. But, damn, what is God doing? Is he just sleeping, waiting, watching? So I'm like, when you see me, you see God planning. You see God moving. So that representation of when you see me on a breakfast club, or you see me out there in the world and we moving. that's because I learned how to strategize. You can't be a general in a war if you don't know strategy. Right? But we become so reactionary that anytime something happens, it controls us. That's low level. If you control by what you see, you're low level. A high level observer controls what they see. I apply the meaning. I apply the structure. I create the demonstration. I kicked down the door that the gatekeepers put up. Don't applaud them, applaud me. They ain't changing nothing. I'm coming in here and changing it. Because when you a leader, and I'm not talking about just leadership where, you know, it's, it's, it's deceptive. I'm talking about mindful leadership. Mindful leadership, we move with empathy and compassion. We learn how to understand and we become servant leaders. I'm going to give you the game plan, but I'm going to make sure that I work for the people in order to bring it out. This today, this ain't about no money. We know how to get money digitally. I can get that on the Internet. I didn't travel and fly my brothers and the cameraman and everybody out here so that we can get money off this crowd. No, I wanted to bring something back to Oakland, but I understand you got to leave so people can see your light first. When you're too close to it, people get blinded by it. They get used to it. They don't go ahead. Got some water. Brother asked the question how many people in here believe in themselves? If I ask you what was your five core values, how many people can say them fast? If I ask you who your top five rappers, how many people can say them fast? See, that lets us know where our mind is in culture. Our core values ain't right there at the front of our head, but our top five rappers are. So when you think about what's limiting you, that's where you start. Where your core beliefs at? Is it respect? Is it honesty? Is it loyal? Is it truth? Is it actualization? You can't spit that, then how do you know that you're actually moving in regards to your core values? We don't. I like to get us to think a little bit. Right, because you can't get no power unless you think. Today, we got to deal with artificial intelligence, and a lot of people are afraid of it. Oh, man, it's going go in the world. I hope it do, because I don't like the way the world running. We got to start a new world. The thing is, when a new technology comes, we have to learn how to use it for our benefit so that we can have power. Do we have enough power today? Come on, man. Ain't nobody want to say it out loud, huh? Yeah. No, we ain't got no power, man. Brothers try to figure out who's going to buy BT. They ain't got no power. You know what I'm saying? we try to figure out who's going to control black television, black entertainment television, and fighting at that. I ain't no power. They say Donald Trump was about to get arrested. They said the mothership was coming down. They said artificial intelligence is about to end the world. They said the bank crisis is happening. On top of all of this information that you're getting, you got to deal with your own life crises. So we just got out of COVID. We just got out of restrictions. We just got out of health crises. We just we still in a recession. We have all these things on top of each other, but we never have time to process any of them. So therefore, our anxiety is at an all time high. Testosterone is at a 40 year low. You know, a man can't focus when his testosterone low. He can't even think right. You can't even be a man. So when you do tasks, testosterone makes you feel rewarded when you get it done. But when you constantly filled with anxiety and stress, you don't want to do nothing but indulge in escapism and entertainment. So therefore, that's why it's at the forefront of our heads. We can say our top five rappers, but we can't say our top five core values. So my goal is to get you to focus because if you can focus, then you can take over the world. If you grew up in Oakland, California, like I did, then you've seen men who had power. Growing up, I always tell people that my paradigm was just different. Shout out to the Russell in the building. It's just different. <laughs> but i seen black men riding through the streets in motorcades. I was in a motorcade. Right? We a hop out, we got the suits on, left eats, right, east, left east. There's salute, ready front, pray dress, pushing hut. That was different. But what we was doing was showcasing a demonstration what it's like to be a man to stand up for something. And how to listen to another black man without ego. So we was getting trained, but I didn't realize I was getting trained for the position that I'm in today. So when somebody asked Keys what book you read, it ain't in the book. It's in life. You can't get this in no book. You got to go through some training, some experience, some life for real. It's many scholars who done went to schools and got education. You don't win no award through a college degree. No, you got to get out here on the field. But what happened? How come we allow things to fall and we don't build nothing else up? That's, we always waiting on the Savior. Man, who going to be the leader so I can follow? We learned that game when we was younger, follow the leader. But we took that shit too serious. <laughs> We're still playing the game. Nah, you can't call yourself a man if you don't consider one of your core values leadership. That means you got to take the responsibility to do what you want to see. For a man to complain, he's talking about himself. Anything you talk about in the world that you complain about, you talking to yourself. Man, I don't see no real men out here. Grab that mirror. That's the first person you talking to. Why are you telling everybody else your problems? <laughs> we we got to learn how to build ourselves up. And my mother used to tell me that because I used to complain younger. She was like, man, be the solution then. So I said, enough said. Then I started doing it, and they start. out doing too much. I was like, look, you told me to be it. I'm the one now. Let's go. But that's the one thing that I did that I seen people did not want to do. My father told me if you want something, he don't be remembering when he be dropping these keys on me, though. You know what i He said, when you want something, you got to say it out loud to the universe. You know what I'm saying? And when you are something, you have to proclaim it. So I said, I am a leader. I said it to myself. I was in a room by myself and everything. But I know the universe was listening, Right? I told my brother, uh, Amechi, and I told uh, Jay Short, I said, I'm going to go on this mission as 19 Keys, and it's going to be known around the world, and it's going to be known for enlightening the masses. they looking at me like I'm crazy. All right, they believe me, but you know that kind of belief like, I believe them. No, nah, it's cool. But I had such an innate belief and in passion and direction, I wrote it down. They did a study when they show people That's in a marathon where they had half of the people write down the time that they was going to finish. And they wrote down they go. And the other half people didn't write it down. The half of people that wrote it down got there faster. You have to give yourself a destination. You have to write it down. Otherwise, anything can happen. It becomes chaos. The first law of the universe is order. So that right now, if a fire broke out or somebody threw a shot in the air, everybody start trampling over each other because there'd be no order. So we talk about unity, but we don't know the process of unity. We talk about our trauma because we don't know the process of healing. But when you learn the process, therefore, you're not focusing on the results. Let's focus on the journey. What do we need to do? How do we collaborate? How do we uh, practice inclusion and solidarity? We'll be coming together for common goals, values, and missions. See, everybody don't want to do the hard thing, but it sounds good if you say it out loud because you sound like a past revolutionary. But they was revolutionary for what they talked about and what they did at their time. You're doing the same thing. Ain't nothing revolutionary about it. You ain't changing nothing. Everybody want to look like Huey P. instead of move like them. Everybody want to worship Malcolm X instead of live like him. It's a different type of time we supposed to be on. So me, I said, no. Nah. If they was living in this time with social media access, they got access to be able to talk to mass groups of crowds of tens of twenties of thousands and possibly millions, which means that they can get to control media, which means that they can call an army at any time that they want to. They can use this technology to strategize and put their own blueprint out there in the world. They can gain money at any point in time that they want to by picking up a new skill set. They didn't have the access and the wealth that we got today. Every time I see a new tool come out, I say, damn, I just got some more money. That's more wealth and resources. So when I see AI, I ain't afraid of it. They just gave me more wealth, because now they just increased my budget for me to go out there and win my war. At first, I couldn't afford all of these employees. AI just became 20 new employees on my business. For free, that's the increased budget. So guess what? My output becomes more effective. So it don't matter what field of business that you are doing, what life you have, what excuse you built. That ain't real. That's your weakness. Is Oakland, California a city of power or a city of cowards? There's well, some people I don't know actually. <laughs> Depending on how you live in, but if you're talking about yourself. Are we a city of power or a city of cowards? Some people still ain't sure. See, you got to exclaim, when I speak something, I don't like speaking upon what everybody else got going on. When I speak something, I'm speaking from the root of who I am. You know what I mean? So if we talking about power, we talking about truth, I ain't got to stand in alignment with nobody I ain't in alignment with if they don't align with my core values. See, what they got most people tricked in the world is, they get y'all to agree with shit you don't really agree with because you're afraid of the circumstances. That ain't freedom. You can't be free if you believe something, but you can't say it. You can't stand on it. Faith gives direction for your movement. And today, we got way too many cowards and suckers amongst us parading as men. I ain't had no speech prepared when I got up here. And I told, Dame I'm probably just going to be like five minutes. I'll be quick. I'm just going to run up there real quick, introduce myself. You know, growing up in Oakland has been a blessing for me. I see a lot of familiar faces in the building. Shout out to everybody that came. Give you all a round of applause for coming. (laughs) My brother Mike Rasheed in the building. You know, we got soul beat in the building. First speech I ever gave was at soul beat. When I was young, you know, this was, that was my training grounds as a youngster. Right? I look at them videos and I see myself talking about the same thing I'm talking about now. Then I get sad like, damn. We still talking about the same things. You know, but when I was younger, it was a script. You know, now is my reality. This is what I do. You know, I see my brother LaRussell in the building. He represents independence. We got my brother him five hundred in the building. His brother got a plane. It's different. <laughs> uh, shout out to Uh and Fab in the building. My brother, Lewis Belt, Sonny Ball in the building. But dangerous solutions. You know, we living in a time where it is very dangerous, you know, but it depends. If you increase your training, your ability, your skill sets, it's dangerous for them, not you. Right? And so that's what we got to really think about. You know, what are the dangerous solutions? When I think about the highest level, I think about traditions. Sometimes we get to the point where we reach the highest level, then we keep going and we start mutilating things. Right? So for me, one of the main solutions, let's say, is mental illness. I look at it as a holistic approach. You know, I have these E's I talk about. Environment, education, exercise, right? Um, And these E's are more so, if you go through them, you can understand the things that you need to change. If you look at your environment, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad always talked about environment is stronger than nature, right? Environment programs our habits, and it influences us to do things that may be against our better nature. So we can feel like we have a positive mind, but in a negative environment, it cancels that out. So it increases our stress, our anxiety, our depression, and suicidal thoughts and tendencies. Right? One way to get rid of that is to change environment. I always talk about city thinking versus nature thinking. When's the last time somebody walked in a park just for their mental health? Somebody walked outside and got grounded. Somebody went to the beach. You know, I just came back from Jamaica and I was grounded and I've been traveling so much I don't take vacations because I'm always want to work. I like vocation. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm always thinking about what's next but I realize Everybody always talk about anxiety. This may be the first time in reality that I actually felt it because I haven't been giving myself enough time to process, enough time to feel things, enough time to appreciate things. So sometimes instead of processing and learning how to heal, right, we learn how to cope with the trauma and just keep moving with it. But in environment and nature, we allow ourselves to actually breathe. That's where we get our power from. I live in L.A. now, and people in L.A. never go to the beach. They stay festering in an environment that's around death, right, and that's around stress. So this is why we see so many of our people, they don't have the ability to ever process anything in life. And things just keep coming at them. And then it makes more things come because you never dealt with it. You're always putting Band-Aids on the wound. So we have to learn to be able to get out of our environments so that we can actually process the things that we're going through and express so we don't end up depressed by suppressing it. So environment is stronger than nature. That's a cue that everybody needs to understand. Then we talk about exercise. We got the guy Mike Rashid in here. Exercise is important. You know, 60% of America is obese. Now you gotta ask yourself, how come 100% is not? What is the other 40% doing, right? So for me, exercise is a way for me to be able to nurture my mind and my body and for me to be able to build up a habit. I don't believe in goals. I believe in habits, right? Because I can have a goal of being a millionaire, but if I got the habits of a poor man, I ain't going nowhere, right? I can have a, the, the, the goal of going to the gym every Like, listen, I want to be a bodybuilder, but I got the habits of a sucker. Like, he ain't, he ain't lifting nothing. So if you got fat boy habits, but if you got strong man dreams, it don't matter. So I realized if I focus on the habits, now if I go every day and I do the exact same thing that the powerlifter doing, the bodybuilder doing, then I'm forced to get the same results because that's what it equals, right? So now I started to focus on the habits and the exercise keep my mind young, right? This is the, the, the hack to youth. Some people in here feel old and they only like 20, right? <laughs> There's some people that's 50 and they feel young. Right? Because age is not deterministic about, you know, how many years you've been on the planet. It's about how healthy you are. How do you feel? How you think? How creative you are? So for me, that's one of my therapy rooms. Education. Education keeps you young just by the mere fact that you learn, and it keeps your brain processing, especially after the age, you know, 25. This is how you can constantly stimulate yourself. And that areas of your brain constantly grows new neurons. So we don't talk about this kind of stuff in the hoods and the streets of America, but then we be sick and decrepit and can't walk and can't remember things no more, right? And then we go drink to try to ease our mind. That's going to make it feel better. So the things that we do, we got habits that kill us. We don't have habits that heal us. So what I'm trying to get you all to think about is the things that can change and train you, right? This is my daily regimen of training. I go through a lot of different environmental stresses, but... I know that God gave me a soldier stamina. You know, he he don't put nothing on my plate I can't handle. And then sometimes when he make it too light, I say, you trying to call me weak. Like, no, I can handle more. So he'd be like, all right. (laughs) Throw a couple more plates. I'm like, that's enough. I'm humbled. You know, so I'm always dealing with things, but that's when I have my things that I can refer back to. And what we're talking about right now is wealth. Because oftentimes when we talk about wealth, we may just talk about the financial side right? But a rich man that's dying will give all his wealth away just for one more day. So if you learn to live correctly, that's automatic wealth transfer, especially if you teach those habits and that becomes a tradition in your family, right? We don't get together in our family environments, talk business, family planning, trust, credit, life insurance, right? How do we create the family banks, how are we going to utilize technology? How do we circle around a LeBron in our family so everybody can build rather than making that competition? So as family, how are we really doing family if these are not the things that we're building and projecting? If your last name does not mean anything, then that family don't have a future. You're setting up the next generation to go through the same poverty trauma you're going through. So if we living in the era, and a lot of you all, if you got children, raise your hand. If you all have children and you're not learning about the future, you're setting them up for failure. So you think that you can ignore cryptocurrency, you think you can ignore what a CBDC coin is, you think you can ignore AI and all these things, keep ignoring it and you will pass down that ignorance. So what I try to do is teach you the skill sets, so that you can teach your children the skill sets. Right? And there's no point of fearing anything because if you got a fear of a technology, that means you don't believe in God. There's a lot of people that say they believe in God, then they fear something. Whatever you fear becomes your God. That's your religion. So it's about enlightening ourselves so when we educate ourselves we empower ourselves. I ain't got no fear of it. I understand it. Now I know how to use it. Right? I was using ChatGPT. Anybody know what that is? See, most people know what it is. It's the fastest growing app in history, right? 100 million users in one month, right? Soon the whole world will be using it. And if this is what they gave us, they already been using it in financial sectors. But they couldn't figure out exactly, they had shut down certain AI models, so they couldn't figure out exactly how the AI was making money. So if they couldn't figure out how it's making money, they had to shut it down because if they can't control it, they can't use it but the models they give to us, these are the old models. They've been controlling society with AI for a long time. AI been around for 50 years. Most people only know Alan Iverson. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know artificial intelligence. But see, for me, I teach it in a manner to where you have natural intelligence. Natural intelligence is the way you, you think, right? The way you process information, right? A lot of people, you know, we are different type of thinkers. We all have, if I put out a test in here, we'll figure out everybody got a different type of customization and different type of intelligence. Right? And the problem with human beings is oftentimes we look at somebody that's in the category of their strength that gets results and success, and we want to emulate that. But that means your dream can be a weakness. Right? That can be a you can have a dream in an area that you're weak in because you don't know yourself for real. So if you want to be a rapper. But you're not good at rapping. You have a dream in your weakness. How many people know they got people in their family that got dreams in their weakness, based on that example I just told? (laughs) I think everybody knows somebody. And that's fine, right? Human beings can do whatever they want. This generation loves saying that, right? Because it doesn't make us responsible for actually being successful at the things that we do, right? We don't have to take accountability for anything. The word accountability, I don't think this generation knows what it means, actually, right? For them, accountability is, yo, just be judgment-free. Like, no, God gave me discernment. I'm judging the shit out you. (laughs) I don't like what you're doing. Like, that's weird, bro. Like, it's not cool, right? But this one is all about, like, no, let a person just be. Like, no, we're not doing that, because that's not how you lead, right? And this is why I find it very important to take on that title of a leader because a leader doesn't just let anybody do anything. It has to be aligned with what's your core values. It comes back to that statement once again. So as I was talking about ChatGPT, I was studying myself. Because ChatGPT know who 19 Keys is. They already got a collection of all my data, information, everything I put out on the internet. I can tell it to think like him, 500, or think like Mike Rasheed, or think like LaRussell, Russell, and try to come up with some lyrics, right? So this is dangerous, which means that if we see technology quickening, then that means that we have to have strategies for these things. Because we're already behind the eight ball when it comes to power and wealth and opportunities. And those in power will continue to use technology to stay in power. Right? So imagine if I came up with this whole entire script of everything that I've said, and this is what ChatGBT told me to say, so that you all can be provoked to think. Now, you won't know in the future, my brother uh, Red Pill said AI is the BBL for the non intellectuals. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's gonna be a lot of fake smart people. You know what I'm saying? They're gonna have something in their ear telling them everything. Man, take the earpiece off and let's talk. They can't repeat the same thing, right? But how do we know? And we know this is the era of unnatural. You know what I'm saying? Everything unnatural today. Brothers getting new hairlines. You know what I'm saying? You can buy ass, you can buy tits, you can buy lips, you can buy lashes. You know what I'm saying? You can buy anything. This is the, unnat- the most unnatural area in the world. And this is the biggest whole phase of humanity. Look, well, I ain't judging. That's what they say, right? <laughs> I ain't judging. You feel me? Do your thing. But we want to change the phase. I want this to be the biggest wealth phase for our culture the biggest phase where we gain power and liberty. You understand me? Or liberation, rather. I want us to be able to look at the things instead of we so connected to empowering ourselves through our sexual identity, right? Let's empower ourselves through our spiritual identity. Let's empower ourselves based on our ancestral tenets. Let's empower ourselves based on our core values. Let's empower ourselves based on our actual wealth goals. So but how many people feel like they financially literate in here? Thanks for the honesty. It's only a few people. But I understand because growing up, it wasn't nobody that can teach me credit, at least not the type of credit him, 500 be teaching. You know, 07, everybody could teach you a certain type of credit. But I don't think that's reported on your credit score. Look, y'all laugh. Y'all want to incriminate yourself by laughing too hard. It's cool. I get it. <laughs> that means that we had financial deserts is what I call them. The same way we got food deserts, we have financial deserts. Well, we don't have Oakland particularly is in a zip code where the PPM, the particle matter in the air is one of the worst in the country. Right. So we inhale toxic fumes every day and that can affect the way we think. It definitely affects our lungs on a daily basis. It's also one of those zip codes where we have food deserts, right? The Human Society run the liquor stores out here, but they don't always have nutrient-available food, right? So you can get, you know, some liquor quicker than you can get something that can be a nutrient for your body, right? And this has an effect on the crime rate in America, specifically the crime rate in the Bay Area, right? When your body doesn't get the substance that it needs, you're always craving for more. You never satisfied right this can disrupt the way you thinking to be peaceful right this is lowering your desires this is lowering your nature so therefore you always triggered then we listen to music that's all about hunting and killing each other right so guess what we end up doing we want to hunt and kill each other somebody make me angry first thing i'm doing is snapping off on them so we don't have critical thinking and detachment skills to where we can take mindful pauses we barely get silence how many people take the time to sit in a room by themselves and just think? Take the mindful pauses. How many people feel like this world wasn't built for black people? Come on now, y'all ain't being honest now. <laughs> see, I understand that, and what I decided to do was be a man about it. I decided to speak on it, right? I see a white person in the building. Shout out to the brother. <laughs> we had. No, because the San Francisco Committee for Reparations is in here. Where y'all at? Got the scissors right here. And I was watching an interview with the brother, or the Dr. Amos, is that his name? Reverend Amos Brown. Reverend Amos Brown. How many people in here want reparations? Put them hands up. We need y'all votes. <laughs> I know I want mine. You know what I'm saying? Anytime somebody owe me something, I want that. But I, I feel like they tricked the brother in, in the way they spread the news because they made it seem like he refused reparations, right? And he was like, that's fake, basically, what they was putting out there. He was like, basically, you know, we're not going to accept no trick back, right? That ain't no real power. That's not a real suggestion. That's nothing in there. So now that becomes the news that a black man turned down reparations instead of putting the accountability on those who really is not making it happen, right? There's so many things that black people need in order to repair themselves and I want to get into the reparations conversation, but first I want to talk about what does reparation mean? You know, reparation is repairing self for me. It's re- reparations is repairing self. And the first thing that we lost in America was knowledge of self, right? We don't know who we are. So even if I give you money, you go spend it and it's going to go back into their hands. So without the proper education, without knowledge yourself, we will never be empowered by money. So I definitely want my check. But first, I want to make sure that all of us have some knowledge itself. Let me get a clap. Now, listen, we're about to get into a beautiful high-level conversation. How many people in here watch high-level conversations? Before I bring up this brother, man, you know, I always talk about how tours run the world. Shout out to all the other star signs and stuff. Taurus, you know what I'm saying? I ain't, I ain't like a big astrology person, but just the simple fact that Malcolm X was a Taurus, Winston Khan was a Taurus, you understand me? I'm a Taurus, you know, Sonny Boy Taurus, Lewis Belt a Taurus, you feel me? <laughs> I always say that, you know, we have one of the greatest abilities when it comes to speaking truth to power, Right? And when it comes to representation of independence, standing on your authenticity, standing on your core values, in a mix of corruption, in a mix of suckers, especially when you see the devil blessing suckers, but you still stand firm on your God business, right? Integrity is wealth. And a lot of people don't, they give up their integrity. And then they have to use all their wealth to try to get it back. And you can't buy back your soul. Once it's sold, it's gone. You can just try to do things to cope for a living without it. But the brother that I'm bringing on stage today is a brother who never sold his soul, right? He's been around people who sold, their soul. We've been around people who sold, their soul. One of the most dangerous thing in the industry is to be impressed. Once you're impressed by something they got you, they can manipulate your mind to want it and they can use that against you. So what I do, no matter where I go, I ain't impressed by nothing but God. If it ain't God's business, I don't care what you got, right? Because that's the easiest way to fashion and control mind, And the Brother Dan must not have been impressed by nothing he ever saw. <laughs> no, but the brother cool because, you know, it's, it's hard for us to see black men that age in this industry and maintain their soul, right? And when we don't have that demonstration, we don't think it's possible, right? So it's important that, you know, you keep that same energy that you got from the root, from that foundation. I remember Walker Flocka told me one time, he seen me moving about. He say, be careful, because they'll try to keep you in the clouds and you forget your roots, right? And I held on to that, because they'll try to keep you so busy, you forget why you started, and now you're just maintaining it. Like, no, so I always step back and remember why I started. You understand me? That's why I wanted to do this in Oakland, because this is where I came from. This is where I learned how to drill. <clears throat> this is where I learned how to be a man. This is where I learned how to be a god. So the brother that I'm bringing up right now, I think he represents those same core values that I'm aligned with. So I want everybody to stand up for the good brother, Dane Dash, as I bring him on stage. Black guns roll up. Click, click. You
1: gotta have problems. You gotta have the ability to Yeah. See, some people hear about problems, and they panic. They get scared. That's not boss. We superheroes over here. We the black guns. We tell us problems, we go, them oh,
0: we shut them down.
2: I am is saying that no I'm the great potential anything I say after that I can activate we are pools of potential waiting for activation so when I see people that are stuck in that low mode of saying I can't do that you can't do it because that's what your God is telling you when you say you can do it, you can do it because that's what that God is allowing you to do. So you can either create the cage for yourself or you can free yourself. I decided to say that, no, nah, being a God is not about my ego, right? Being a God is about being able to take the self-power that we have, the self-knowledge that we have, and take the thoughts that is inside of us and enjoy life by bringing them into reality. We're at low level, we're at high level. just meant by the gun. No, when he said by any means, he said by any means for us to get freedom, justice, and equality. So that means that that, what you don't want to do, you got to do it. A lot of the things that we afraid of, those are the means that we have to do that's necessary that get us that freedom. Oh, I don't want to learn this. I'd rather go to the club. I don't want to study, I don't want to exact myself in my rights as a man and do the things that's hard, the government gonna come at it.
3: He said by any means his name was Detroit Red. We're at low level, we at
2: high level. Dang man, what does it mean to control the future?
1: Controlling the future is visualizing what you want your life to look like and art detecting it. Mm. Seeing what your perfect future looks like and developing a road map and a blueprint to get there. But unless you know exactly what you want, unless you know exactly what makes you feel good, then it's hard to get there. And then when you get there, you won't even know. So you got to know what you
2: love, and it's important to dream. You always say vision gives direction. You know, any man that don't have a vision, he blind. He don't really have a direction for his life and where he going and what he want. So most of the times when people see new technological advances or we see things going on in the world, if you don't have a destination, you can be pulled in any which way and or you wouldn't know how to use those things that will be aligned with what your vision is. So for a lot of people out there, I feel like there's a lot of people that still want to cultivate a strong vision, but they don't know how. All right, so what's your blueprint when you're going in your imagination and you're figuring out new ways to live, new ways to do things? Well, bottom line is I win. It's about
1: the W. Mm-hmm. So if things are approaching that are new, where like, let's say, for example, like an AI or a a metaverse, Web3, Mm -hmm. where a lot of jobs or things that existed a certain way will be taken, Mm -hmm. then that means there's a lot of opportunity that presents itself. So whenever I look at something, it's how is it a W for me, Mm. you know, which ultimately becomes a W for we. Because
2: when I win, everyone I love wins. Yeah. You know, my formula is, especially with the AI conversation, artificial intelligence plus natural intelligence equals enhanced intelligence. It works better if you're already smart, right? Because it's like having the smartest person in the world work for you. But this is a technology the same way social media, the Internet, and all other techs, it usually end up controlling people who don't have control over themselves, Right. And so when it comes to like discipline, right, I always tell you you have to be a disciple of something in order to be disciplined. If I want to be independent, I'm going to study somebody who's independent, become their disciple and that becomes my discipline. So now I know when I'm veering off to the wrong path or not, because I'm no longer a disciple of their core values and the way they move. Right. When it comes to discipline for you. Right. How do you stay? It ain't even stay, but just how you cultivate, you know, The integrity of discipline, right? I've seen 99% of people who get a little money, a little fame and success, they lose their integrity. (coughs) Quickness, you know, because men are not men no more. In my essence, the way I believe, I'm sure a lot of people, they with the new masculinity, that's not my bag. You understand me? The way I grew up, a a man has the ability to be willful. Meaning that if it's a thought in your head, you have the ability to bring it into reality. And that's the way you can measure if you're a man or not. So what's your measurement of discipline, integrity, and manhood? Again, I visualize my
1: dream. Once I know my dream, I'm not stopping until I get it. And, you know, for me, it's about what makes me happy, not what makes everybody else happy. But, you know, sometimes we're programmed into believing happiness is something that they want us to think is happiness so that we can be controlled, so we can spend a lot of time trying to achieve something that doesn't exist. So it's about really being true to yourself. But at the end of the day, you know, like, you know, I'm I'm on like a school tour Mm -hmm. where my fiance wrote a book about dreaming about my son and we're going into certain marketplaces and teaching these kids how to drink, and you know, in the process, I'm talking to the high school kids, and honestly, they know they want to go to college because that's what they've been taught, but they don't know why they want to go to college. Right. They don't know what life looks like after college. Mm. They just know that if they don't go to college, that they're not successful, and that to me is a program. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like to understand how to talk to somebody. You got to know exactly what they want, exactly what makes, they, what makes them happy, so that you know what language to speak to them in. But at the end of the day, what's been taken from us is our dreams, is what our perfect visual is that makes us and everyone that we love happy. And, you know, always my ultimate dream is, you know, to have a family and to make sure that my children and the people I love never have to go through the same pain as me. hmm you know? But art detecting every single part of your dream is very important. So like, the question I've been asking people lately is what does heaven look like when you die? Not what does it feel like, but like, you know, if time is measured in that vibration, what does it look like when you wake up? to when you go to sleep. I'm going to pose that question to you. Hmm. What does your heaven look like?
2: This is my heaven, to be honest. I got my pops. I got my brothers here. And I'm a person who heavily centered around family, right? So for me, if if my family is healthy, everybody doing good, I'm feeling good. That's an emotion. When you wake up, what time do you want to
1: wake up in heaven?
2: I don't want to wake up in heaven.
1: <laughs> not re- when you, I'm saying when you get there, not to say we want to get there sooner. <laughs> but for I don't, me, I I don't, let me give you an know, example. For me, so he- heaven we looks like, heaven like is, I wake up when I
2: feel like it. Uh, heaven is like money, good homes, friendship of all walks of life. That's my concept of heaven. So for me, my concept of death is is, is blank. I wasn't talking about death. I was talking about heaven.
1: So let me, let me, let me, like, let me, like, let me, if, let me, if, if heaven
2: was a reality, I'll be living it. Like, well, let me, explain I got it money. To you. Like the only, let me say this. It ain't no money in heaven. I gotta so have me, some money, man. In heaven?
1: Yeah. that's How you gonna tell money me in heaven? We got man money. Made, nothing man made is in heaven. <coughs> it's it's only God made. I think money in heaven is love, right? <laughs> Which is what money in here should be. Yeah. So let me explain to you what my heaven looks like, because if, if. You know, for me, and no disrespect to anybody else, but, like, if there's no music, if there's no weed, if there's no women. Oh, <laughs> uh, we got weed with no money. What I'm saying is, <laughs> what I'm saying is, yeah, it ain't no Yours money. Yours is real customized. Money don't mean, but you that's know why? You want to know why? Cause You want to know why? <laughs> Having things means something to me here, but money doesn't mean nothing to me. I, yeah. I, that's why I don't have so much of it. I don't like to hold it. I like to get it out there and make it make life. Yes, sir. Because life is the currency and love is the currency that I abide by. Yes, sir. Because that's God made. Money is man-made. Money is supposed to represent how much gold is someplace, which that's not even existing these days. Right. So I don't trust money. Money to me is the devil. I know that it's needed to function to have a luxury experience, but money without love is hell. Well, what about money? Money without laughter is hell. Money without your family being happy is hell. Money is nothing, but love is everything. And you could create around love because all you need to know how to do is grow and build and be in a nice environment. Like, you know, I like to be hot and be on a, on a, on a beach. If I could build my house and grow my food and I'm with my people that I love, I, I, I might not need as much, you know, fundamentally. But all the extras are man-made things that we're distracted by to try to get the, you know, it it kind of supposed to validate who we are. All I care about, honestly, is how I'm living and I got to create my heaven here Mm -hmm. so I know where I want to go. And if God is architecting heaven for me, then I need to tell him the blueprint of what I want him to create for me when I get there. So it's important to create heaven here so that you have a blueprint of where you want to go and 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 when when you want to go you know
2: so my <laughs> like I said my <coughs> I just talked about my heaven being real then he ended with his heaven on earth right I started there see because like I said so for me heaven is this like being able to do what I want that's freedom like when you control your mind and your will that's freedom For me, right? Being able to speak truth. But we got that now. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm living in heaven. Like, I wasn't always living here, though. You feel me? I had to build this up. There was time where I was mentally living in hell, right? So i worked myself to create my heaven, right? So when I can have my fathers and my brothers and my family and friends and peers in Oakland show up in a building and Dame Dash here, and we argued about money in heaven, that's heaven, (laughs) you know? Like and, 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 I could be at a nine to five right now. I'd be in hell. No, you couldn't, cause you no, wouldn't yeah, let you that right, happen. Sure.
1: But not honestly, sometimes you have to experience hell so you could appreciate heaven. Absolutely. You have to hit, hit some pain sometimes, so you expect Some of So you, <laughs> so you can appreciate the luxury of not feeling the pain that you were once in.
2: I agree. You know with the
1: that. one thing about having children, especially second generation, is they haven't gone through nothing, mm-hmm. and they overreact to nothing. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like, yo, I don't want you to have to feel this pain to really appreciate your present. Mm-hmm. So let me go through the rough stuff and let me just ex- tell you how to appreciate the stuff that I went through so that you don't have to.
2: Right. I, you know, coming on that, you know, adversity builds character. You know, unfortunately, it's a flip side to that because a lot of people, like you said, without that duality, they don't know how to appreciate existence and the things they have. Right. There's the wisdom of learning from somebody else's experiences. So I have an older brother, so I learned a lot from his experiences, right? I've seen all my partners with baby mamas, so right now I don't have a baby mama, right? (coughs) Because I learned from the wisdom of the trauma that they was going through, right? And shout out to all the baby mothers. I don't mean it like that, but y'all know what I mean. You got a wife? I don't don't mean it like that. You got a wife? No, I'm working on it. I mean, like You don't want a baby mother, you you want a wife. No, exactly. That's why I ain't got one, you know. But but I mean it in the sense that this generation, I, I think, is, you know, uh, for lack of better words, soft, right? And and what I mean by that is the things that were adversity for me that make me who I am, right? I mean, actual real things like going through cases, going through struggles, really going through darkness. This generation, you know, they deal with cyberbullying, right? It's it's and to them, you know, that's their darkness, right? But for me, that could never even bother me, right, because I built up my ability to go through the darkness. I can handle way more than the average person, which is why I don't mind putting so much on my shoulders. The things that I handle will kill normal men, right, just the stress or the anxiety of taking that position. So when I talk to everybody about being leaders, I know that being a leader for some people, like just the thought of it, you barely teetering on the balance of good mental health. So just that idea of, like, damn, I got to really lead and do something for the world, Nah, that's, that's already eating you up just thinking about it. So you got to get to a place of mental heaven before you can do something to help anybody else build out their heaven, right? And it may look selfish, but it's not. I think it was Ayana Vazant. She said it's about being self full, right? So when you look at it as selfish, you look at it as a negative when you focus on self-development. Right? So, I know that even when I left Oakland, I had to go on that journey of self-development. Right? And then when I come back, I can come back stronger. I can bring people together. Right? Because I'm going to go on that journey of developing myself versus being in front of everybody trying to get validated for the things that I'm doing. Instead, when I showed the world, now there's people that didn't know I was from Oakland. But when they found out, they was proud like I was their cousin. Right? <laughs> Which is good. So, now we at this place where we get to really have that ability when it comes to each one teach one. Like if you don't put yourself in position, you can't do nothing for nobody else, right? Like I'm happy that, you know, uh, for me, you know, a lot of the things that I did with other people in collaboration is because me and my brothers weren't ready to work together. So I was like, well, I'm going to show you what this would look like if we did work together, right? So hopefully now that you see it, now let's build something. Right. And so I know for a fact, one of the biggest issues that people have is when it comes to family. Right. Everybody struggles with that idea of family supporting a dream or a business or a goal. But I realize, like, they don't have to until I build a dream that supports my family. Right. So when I did that, then the family can work with me and for me. Right. So now I don't have to worry about it if They support my dream because my dream support them. So, of course, they're <coughs> going to protect it. Of course, they're going to support it because now it's reciprocal. Right. And so that little bit of wisdom changed my life because I was no longer worried about that no more. I was free consciously to just go out there and build now. Right. And so for me, that helped me cultivate heaven. Right? I don't pick up things I'm not ready for. Right. I'm not wor- Nobody can call me with an issue and problem to just dump shit on my life. And that ain't got nothing to do with my, my, my goals and my values right now. You got to handle that. That ain't for me to pick up. That's for you to handle because I'm not trying to be nobody's crutch. So at this point, of we talk about heaven, I want to talk about the skill sets of the future. How many people in here own a business? How many people want to, you know, make more income in their business? Right? When I started High Level Conversations, I knew that I couldn't do it like any other show on there. Like, I don't have a podcast. I got a show. Right? And I said, let me study the way hit shows are made. Let me look at the elements that I would need to program into every conversation in order for it to be a hit, right? And so the intentionality of the way I design things is my genius. A person may look at it as a thought leader, it is, but no, I'm a producer, I'm a director. And so a lot of times when we take on new projects, we don't really take on the hats that's needed in order for them to be successful, right? We don't really study the art and the science of it. And this is why we really lag and we behind on things, Right, But now we had 25 million views, and that's at the behest of people saying that that wouldn't work. Nobody wanted to hear that conscious shit. right? But my whole life has proven that people do want consciousness. It's just not sold to us. And so we had at this place in the world where, you know, I've been studying a lot of Edward Bernay, who's a psychologist, to where he manipulates people's desires. And his whole thing is he created public relations. He's the reason why people eat bacon in their breakfast or women started smoking cigarettes because they studied human behavior and figured out ways to control people. And now we are a society that's not based on needs. We're based on desires, right? But I want to ask you when it comes to detaching from the program because most of the things that... Most people don't even realize that they be in control. They think that really comes for them. How does a person begin to detach from the matrix or the program and that's in the world on a daily basis? Well... For me,
1: <clears throat> anything that's been presented to me has been presented to me to control me. So my rule of thumb is go against the grain
0: mm-hmm.
1: and to never try to fit in, to do things different. I never want to be like atmosphere in the video game. I would rather be the player. And I'm always looking for the next thing that no one else has done. Because usually what I'm looking for when it comes to that is independence Mm -hmm. and freedom and being and doing things that are economically quicker and give me more bang for the buck. So for me, when I did that breakfast club thing, And I was telling everybody to quit their jobs. What people weren't understanding is I had just quit my job. My job was Rockefeller Records. And the reason why was because it wasn't Damon Dash. I was helping other people get to their dreams. But I didn't have an asset that I could pass to my children. And I was spending more time with people that I didn't birth to make them money so I can make money off them than spending time with my children. Mm -hmm. So at that point I quit and it became, I have to invest in me and a product that, that, that means unapologetically my point of view, unapologetically the time that I spend for the art of whatever I'm creating and to be consistent at it for an amount of time to where people will buy it and feel that they're buying a piece of that. And just recently, like, as I'm telling everybody, yo, you have to bet it all. I'm betting it all. You Google me right now, it would be like, Dame Dash is worth negative two million or whatever, all that. Yeah, because every single second for the last 10 years, I've been investing in me, my point of view, like CEO as a brand or as a director or as someone that's really fighting for others that he loves, you know, more than just himself. As I'm telling people what to do, I'm doing it. As I'm saying bet it all, I'm betting it all, I'm betting it all right now. And as I'm asking people to, Not to complain, because we all know the problems, we've been knowing the problems, they're the same problems. A cycle of problems means somebody's doing a good job in making sure we don't solve them, because they keep happening. Once you know something, if it happens again, there's an issue with us, not them. So to be able to create my own curriculum, or rather a book that I could go into the school system and actually teach these kids a different way to do things, to be able to sell a sneaker for $250, CEO have a brand that I could actually now sell without having to leverage someone else's celebrity, to be able to have movies coming out and have shot them independently and distribute them in theaters like they do it, but doing it my way and work with who I wanna work with to be able to present visuals to our culture that aren't us getting abused or us fighting each other, because that's all they show us of. That's been my dream, and that's what I've been fighting for real-time. You know? So in this very moment, the inspiration has come from knowing every war that needs to be fought, fighting for the people I love, Understanding that I hate business, I hate it, I hate money, but we need to actually have money to to live a certain kind of life, but I ain't doing nothing for money. To be able to embrace my creative side and to do it in real time in front of the whole world and for them to be able to learn from my experience and to know that when you bet it all, it looks good and that you win if you're persistent about your dream and you can visualize it. And that you could link up with other people from your culture and have people gather and talk and architect the future for themselves and that you can learn from any mistake or any learning experience that's being made. It feels good to be independent. It's priceless. You know? It feels good to help the people you love and not have to ask. It feels good to be able to link up and be a rock star without saying anything that's gonna hurt our culture, because I know how to make mm. money off hurting our culture. I've mm. done it. And karmically, it's kicked me in the ass. Mm. You know? To even watch a 19 Keys, like, yo, I, 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 I've been on stage and seen him in the audience. And now I'm on stage with him. You know, I'm looking for more partners. I'm not looking for soldiers, I'm looking for generals. And I'm willing to bet it all, because that's what I've done, and I've done it in real time, in front of everybody. It's not embarrassing to bet on what you love, to stand unapologetically behind what, what makes you feel good. And also, you know, good taste is cheap, where other people can't pay for it. And it transcends every dimension and vertical of who you are. So. What was the question?
2: Somewhere in there, you answered it. <laughs> I'd like to know what it was, though. I don't remember. Sure. <laughs> you remember?
1: Oh, uh, nah. yeah, no. Something about breaking the program. Oh, yeah, yeah. I create the program. Forget the program. You know? And, that, and, and, and what I just did was an example of how I break the program by not paying attention to it and creating a new one.
2: All right, but y'all got to pay attention. <laughs> no, but it's real, though. I say that because, you know, I'm, um, as I study things and I just think about the masses, right? The masses are usually, you know, controlled by the master. And most people don't control their lives. And some people are happy and they're fine with that. But then there's a percentage of people who actually do want to have power over their lives, who do want more than what their current reality is right? I'm always thinking about, you know, my highest level of self, right? What does that look like? What is he doing? And sometimes it's hard to even put yourself in the shoes of your future self because we are now in a time of uncertainty, at least for the masses. For the masters, everything is certain because you know who you are, you know your core values, you know how you go move, regardless of what pops up in the world, right? And so, I really want to ask some questions to or or allow some of the guests that are here, some of the special guests to ask some questions because, you know, as we talk about linking up, one of the greatest skills that they said is important today is the art of collaboration. Right? People don't know how to work with each other today. Right? And that's really what's been one of my greatest skills, my ability to pull together people, right, and work with them and to get things done that normally would not have been done. Right? And that allowed me to be able to travel around the world and to build and do things that one person may say, well, 19 keys is black Muslim consciousness. I don't know that's too radical. But when I collaborate with my brother, you know what I'm saying, he can get into doors that I can't get in. And any doors that I can't get in, I open that for him. And so now we can increase each other's wealth just through the art of collaboration, right? And so this is why I always want people of different uh, backgrounds and people who are my peers. I'm like, yo, come to the show or let's do this together, like... I'm always that person that's coming up with an idea of something that we can build together. And I don't do it in the times where we need each other. I do it in times where we up, right? And that's completely different. Because when somebody hitting you and they down, no, that's desperation. You understand me? But when they hitting you, you know they up and you know they doing good. And like you still want to work together. That's authenticity, right? And so you have to learn the art of collaborating and, and building relationships, because I think some people day one, they be like, yo, bro, so I got this show or this or this. Like, come on, I don't even know you, bro. Like, you got to relax. You know what I'm saying? You got at least three points of contact before you can start to create an air familiarity with somebody. Right? And then you have to learn to serve the people that you're trying to work with or for. Right? And most people don't know how to insert themselves and be a value in the situation. So when you learn how to assess what a person has going on and you're saying that this is how I can make you some money or this is how I can grow your enterprise or this is what you may be missing. Let me just do the work. Most of the people that I'm working with right now, people that I have long-term relationship with or people that did the work before I asked them to and it was good work and I'm like, yo, I need you on the team. Like, now you realize like I, 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 you just showed me something that I need. I'm not going to go without it. Right? There's this African brother. He in Nigeria, man. He be stealing all my videos. And he, I just seen him on, the, on YouTube, and they getting like 100,000 views. <laughs> you know, at first, I was going to pull him. You know what I'm saying? Like, he got me messed up. But I realized, like, no, let me reach out to him and hire him. Because, you know, he was doing better than my team. Shout out to the team. But <laughs> he had a different level of creativity. His thumbnails was raw. He had a picture of me, my shirt off. You know what I'm saying? They had like 200,000, <laughs> bro, work it. So, you know, I hit him up, and I'm like, we need you on the team, and now he about to run the YouTube channel. But he created his job, right? 70 to 90% of the jobs in the future ain't been created yet, right? What they say about AI, it's not going to take your job. It's somebody else going to use AI that will. When you see these jobs being laid off at all these companies, because they don't need them no more. If they can decrease human error and increase effectiveness, and they bottom line at their business, then you will replace your staff with AI as well, right? And so for me, though, I feel like, or I know rather, if we really want to win as a coach, and Dame talks about this a lot, and that's really aligned with my values, and I say core values a lot because I really want you all to think about your top five before you leave out of here so that anything you do, you have to do, and it has to be aligned with that. Right. So when you set up your goals and you set up your life and you look at your path, you look at your relationships, you look at your friends, your environment. If it's not aligned with your top five, don't do it. Right. That means you have to restructure your life because otherwise you will never get to where you really want to be. Right. Because there's some people that that die from stress trying to go against themselves. Right. Because what you're doing is not aligned with who you are. So I don't believe in finding purpose. I believe in realizing self. The more knowledge of self you have, the easier it is to customize a life that's worth living, right? So I study myself on a daily basis. That's how I can speak. That's how I can communicate. That's how I can build with others so that I can be of a constant value, right? Today, everybody has to build a brand. Everybody should build a business. They say 50% of uh, the workforce is now working for themselves. The other 50% going to have to figure out that it's going to be their time to work for themselves as well. So as dame tell people to fire your job, right, and become your boss, that's not a privilege anymore. That's a necessity. Your job that you have right now will be taken over. It's just a matter of time, right? And this is called the great de-skilling of the world. Things are changing. they already here. So what will you do when you no longer need it? It's going to create this feeling of like, damn, I don't feel a purpose. I don't feel a reason to be alive. But... I think it's a good thing because it's going to push people out of positions of doing things that robots can do. Let that robot do it. Do something that only a human being can do. Think well, creatively. The think th- critically.
1: The thing that, about, to
2: me, is the power. The thing about
1: having AI now is that you could have a staff to make your dreams come true for mm-hmm. cheap. So instead of working for somebody, you could have AI working for you for nothing. Right. So it's about reversing that narrative. Again, when something new presents itself, you have to look at the W in it, not the loss. Not what's taken from you, but the opportunities that present themselves. And usually, the evolution of technology is better for us if we realize how much real physical labor do we wanna do. And again, you have to be able to visualize that dream to put it in a product so that you could use AI to help you to sell it. But if you don't have a product to sell, if you don't have nothing to make, then you're not a made man. It's not gangster to be telling people how to be gangster if you don't have nothing to sell yourself. So you have to figure out what you could be unapologetic about as it relates to your point of view and have that all into a product and then ask AI, how to sell it. You could even tell AI, yo, I'm gangster at this, that, and the third. What mm-hmm. product can I make behind that and how do I market it? So AI is making it where instead of having a job, you could be a boss. But in general, the only thoughts that you should be thinking in is boss. Mm-hmm. It's boss or nothing. It's I win or nothing. It's my kids' kids win or nothing. And what is the path to get to that? A bill could be paid late as long as in the future your children and your children's children's bills are not. And that's all that matters. Because if you've survived what's ever going on now, then you're good. It's your job to be strategic, to architect what you want the people you love to feel. Thinking about the people you love, it's like you have to be selfish to think about how to help others because you can't help nobody unless you can help yourself. If you have to pay a bill late to help somebody then to me that's an oxymoron. That shouldn't happen. It should be as easy as you got a bill, let me buy you a house and it doesn't hurt. But you gotta be selfish in your dreams to get to that point.
2: Sorry about cutting you off. That was an extension. It's cool. I was gonna say that. You gonna say exactly that? Yeah I was gonna say it was word for word. No, nah, because before we got here, I said, A.I., if, if Dame Dash cut me off when I say this, what would he say? And it said that exactly. A.I. Exact told same. you that? Yeah, it told me how to prompt the response from you. So i just been stuck. Actually, A.I.
1: told you I was going to do that.
2: Yeah. You're doing something
1: with Dame Dash, he's going to cut you off. Yeah, it told me that for sure. After you talk for
2: five straight minutes. Yep. <laughs> so it said just sit there inquisitively while he do it, and it's going to be smooth. So. My brother right here is phenomenal because he took a skill set that he had, put himself and his family on, a skill set that he teaches many other people. Everybody can't teach trading like my brother teaches. This is why you see him with the celebrities and why you see him with successful students. Not only that, if you're having a hard time, the brother actually shows you all the trades that he's making at 5,000 plus per day on. It's not one of them, oh, I'm going to tell you I can do it. It's one of those, I'm going to show you I can do it and you can do it right along with me. So if there's somebody that wants to fire their job, pick up a new skill, this is my brother to tap in. The Honey Drip Network. Make sure y'all tap in. Y'all can get into the Discord for a low monthly, and you can change your family trajectory just like this.
4: investing in about 2016. So I taught myself how to invest, became a millionaire before I left, made my first six figures. Uh when I was 21, made my first half a million when I was 22 and made my first million when I was 23, and then now I'm eight figures plus in business and investment. So I'm and I have a lot of game to give y'all. That's what I like to do.
2: We're here for progress. We're here for freedom. We're here to heal. Black men, I see you. Black woman, I see you. I feel there's some guys in the building tonight. We all at different cycles. When you recognize the thing that you're going through is just a cycle and you understand that cycle is a wheel, it's circular by nature, time is a cycle. See we have to learn the mathematics of the universe because we weren't taught how to identify the cycles and the patterns and the rhythms and the frequency. So where we can master our world and we have the ability to control our thoughts and everything that happens. So what I want to see us to do is focus on our creative imagination, focus on imagining a better world, designing a better world, and then execute. Because that's how I know we're well-working oil people. That if we have ideas and they're brought, that means that we're giving birth to something. It's the internal processes of your own mind that command your actions. And when you have the ability to take control through awareness, Now you have the ability to fully functional control yourself. In real life, though, man, I, I, I've been using it a lot um, because it teaches me how to study myself as well in my own process of thinking, <laughs> because you start to learn your own limitations, right? If you got, just think about this, if you really got the smartest person in the world working for you, what can you tell them to do? You can only tell them to do based on what you can do, right, and what you know, and then that's your limit. Then you gotta start asking them, yo, tell me what to tell you. And at some point, you working for them, Right, and so the generation that's going to come up utilizing AI, they're going to end up. AI is going to end up utilizing them to do things in the real world. If they don't have control over their own thinking, critical skills, right, being able to um, think multidimensional. There's new um, skill sets like um, prompt engineering. So prompt engineering is something that everybody should get familiar with, and that's essentially is basically the same thing as human management. If you anybody got employees in here right, if you have employees, if you tell them to go do something, depending on the amount of, you know, details that you put in that order, right, they can go do it. You tell them, listen, I need you to create copy for this email so we can go do some marketing. Depending on their skill set and how intelligent they are, they're going to need more subject matter. Wait a minute, I need more context. So working with AI, you say, listen, AI, I want to create emails. AI, like, okay, what kind of emails you want to create? You say, okay, I want to create emails for my business. Then like, no, wait a minute. I want you to create emails, but you will look up somebody who's the best person that does email copy in the world, right? I want you to create emails like them. Or I want you to act like you are a psychologist. Now I want you to create emails utilizing social behavior knowledge, right? So now it's creating emails that's really pulling on human emotions and desires. So if you just tell it to create an email, it's going to do general what everybody else is going to do. But the more knowledge you have, the more you can customize it to get greater detail out of it, right? But that's based on how smart you are, not how smart AI is. So that's why I say natural intelligence plus artificial intelligence equals enhanced intelligence, right? But if you don't operate it from that formula, you can't get the best out of life the same way you can't get the best out of people, right? So it helps me become a better people manager. Because now I realize the limitations of the way I speak to people. I have the idea in my head, but I'm not really communicating it in a manner to where they can fully understand the context. So as I've been working with this, it's actually been training me to increase my natural intelligence on a daily basis and not assume that a person understands the parameter of the context and they understand exactly what I'm trying to tell them and or say, right? And you can... You can utilize it in so many ways if you take your business and you tell it, like, this is my financials, You can feed it your financials if you want to, if you want to get that deep. And you say, AI, hey, look at this. Where can I, you know, decrease my budget and increase my profit at? Where, how can I, you know, um, make more money understanding my profit margins, right? How can I create a marketing plan, right? But the more you know about every subject that you tell AI to do, the more you can customize it to get better results, Now, here's the thing that people are going to find out. A lot of people are going to find out they're lazy. Because it's going to tell you exactly what to do, but you ain't going to do it. It's going to give you a foolproof plan, and the next thing you're going to want to do is a robot to do everything the AI told you to do. So human beings are getting lazier and lazier and lazier, and that's the issue that I have, because I see a generation, especially our generation now, if it tells you 10 steps, right, and you don't do that, now you're sitting in front of your excuses like, damn. I actually don't want to do nothing. I just want the results. I, I think people that are proactive about
1: AI, because if you're proactive about AI in this moment, mm-hmm. you'd probably be proactive about the information that it's giving you. Because I find that people that are looking for answers once they get them, but they got to be looking for the answers. Mm-hmm. Like There's people that you could give answers to and they actually resent you for giving it to them. They get mad at you because now right. they got to work. But if someone's looking for it, usually if they see the solutions, they would capitalize. You know, a lazy person is not going to look for answers through AI unless somebody does it for them, you know, but like, I think it's important that, again, like the fact that you're speaking about how to use AI in this moment of AI is important because people don't even understand that AI even exists. Mm Mm-hmm. And understanding that you—it's—it's it's almost like in art to f- talk to AI to get it to give you the information that you desire. But it's the beginning of it. So again, it's about visualizing what AI looks like in ten years. So it's about practicing. It's not even about if it doesn't help you now, it'll help you later. Just getting into the rhythm of it. For me, AI is the study of human behavior. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I I was like trying to figure out why Elon Musk bought Twitter and it just became logical that it was because he was buying data of behavior patterns for all the AI stuff that he's doing. But for me, I like to do things that haven't been done. So it tricks AI. Mm. You know, AI has nothing to study when I do something because it hasn't been done yet. So if there was AI, like, what does it look like when black people stick together? <laughs> i breaking. It would be stumped. That's that, why we couldn't that, get that on that the other day. That algorithm doesn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's the algorithm and the AI that I want to start to, to yeah. do, a, be, a, a, a behavioral study of what it looks like when we actually stick together. Mm-hmm. What does it look like when they stick together? It'll be like, damn it. It'll look like when the Moors were in town. Mm -hmm. It'll look like all the history that has been trying to be erased from us so we don't have that visual of what it looked like when we were winning. Right. You know, I don't think people understand that there was a time that we were in control in a big way Mm -hmm. and almost kind of abusive about it. And people studied on how to not let that happen again for a thousand years. Erase that visual from their brain. And that's why we don't see visuals of us winning. It's a strategic thing. We just see visuals of us getting beat and us hurting each other and and continuing to move forward in that way. So in this moment, we're a part of the solution that's happening. This is what it looks like when we stick together. This is what it looks like when we share resources. This is what it looks like when we're not mad at each other for no reason. When we're hitting each other instead of hitting the people that are repressing us. It looks good. Mm -hmm. It's a very chill kind of environment. (laughs) So this is the new algorithm that we have to continue to create. The stick together algorithm. The winning algorithm. The visuals of what happens when we stick together algorithm of what it looks like when we don't need them and they need us and they know it and they're not trying to trick us because they know we're going to laugh at them because they're playing checkers and we've been playing chess algorithm. So my challenge to you is to visualize what that looks like other than in the Black Panther. All right. What does it look like in real time when we're the landlords? Just because we're the landlords doesn't mean that we're the only people that are going to show up. It means that we control the whole world. We have the taste that we know we have and the rhythm that we know we have. Why not own the bricks that they get exploited in? Why not be in control of the land where all our culture is being exploited in by us? Because what I know about people from another culture is they don't care How dangerous it is for us, they going if there's a deal. I was in Mount Morris Park in Harlem the other day, and around the park, dudes were selling drugs and everybody was doing what they doing in the park. Man, white people playing dodge, you know, volleyball, and they weren't scared. So we could be the landlords and they could come through. We could be the bosses, not of us, but of everybody. What does the world look like when we're in control? Mm. It's a beautiful world because we're not scared. We like to grow, not kill. It ain't going to just be good for us. It'll be good for everybody. Without that plan and without that visual, it will not happen. So we have to stop asking and waiting for people to give that visual to us. We have to do that ourselves. We have to stop waiting for other people to teach us we have to teach ourselves. We got to make the curriculum. We can't be dependent on AI or the Internet to go talk to people. You still got to get in there and go hand to hand and shake a hand. And really put into the universe what we want as opposed to what we expect. There's a, there's this entitlement of people doing shit for us. Mm. It's not going to happen. We got to do it for ourselves. If we don't like education, we gotta make education. If we don't like the music, we gotta make the music. If we don't like the movies, we gotta make the movies. But what we also gotta do is stick together to distribute everything that we have, all the art that we want people to see. We just gotta stick together and continue to be creative, visualize the W and actually do it and show everyone that it can be done. Because if they don't see it, because we're visual people, it will not happen. So that's what we're here doing. This is the solution.
2: Another thing, we talked about AI, but, you know, EI, emotional intelligence, is very important. You know... In 2019, I had a thesis on what was going to be the new America, mobilization, automation, digitization, and they were speaking upon the rise of technology. But during the rise of technology, you see, you know, the rise of the SATs, what I call the stress, anxiety, depression, suicide, right? Because they have direct correlations with each other. And so without emotional intelligence, you won't be able to, you know, be emotionally resilient during this time. And this, like I said earlier, is the time of the highest anxiety in the world, right? And so being able to understand how to process things as you go through them is key. And as entrepreneurs, as human beings, these are not enough conversations that we have, you know, in our environments, in our houses, right, and on these platforms. We talk about mental health, but it becomes like this commercial thing to talk about black men mental health. Instead of to actually help black men, right, and so people do it because they get corporate sponsor dollars and things of that nature, and it 's a hot button topic, but ain 't nobody really going to the hood and helping you understand or change the environment that we live in, right? The environments that we live in is so toxic and dirty, and it doesn 't look like life lives there, right When we see each other, we shouldn 't look at each other and see an enemy. I should see my brother. But instead, we've changed the programming of how we see each other because we see niggas. We don't see gods. But that's what they want us to do. That's what they want us to do. That's and the program. Our programming has to be, man, I see a god when I see my brother. Like when I see like this front row right here, I got a lot of my brothers in here that I know. And it's like what I look at when I see what y'all do, I see your process. I see the struggle. I see the pain. I see the anxiety. I see the stress. I see somebody that doesn't give up. And they push past the pain to make progress, right? Because what a lot of people do is they look at the black man results, right? But you ain't looking at the process and the black woman. Because what it takes to be successful and maintain your mental health during this time, right, you have to be an anomaly, right? And so I salute anybody that is able to successfully build a business, especially in the midst of dealing with your own trauma. Right. Because it's not easy. And so you have to learn how to respect the process that a person goes through rather than just looking at the shiny aspect of the results that they get. Right. And so the strong ones usually never get called upon and checked upon. And so this is why, you know, those people don't end up living that long. Right. Because as you trying to break these barriers and break these chains and break this trauma in the family, you're putting all of that on you. Right. And then when you gone, who carries the mark? And so we have to learn, like I said earlier, learn how to collaborate with those who are doing something rather than say, oh, I like what he's doing. I'm going to do it too. Now you become his competition. Like, damn, you're making it more stressful for me. But that's the program.
1: That's the programming. Is that we don't work together, that we every time we see somebody doing something, we hate them for it instead of embracing them. But if we all fight in the same fight, I'm never going to get mad at you for trying to fight for love if I'm fighting for love. Mm-hmm we fight for the same thing, we need to fight together. Right. And if we have different methods of fighting, yeah, I'm going to take the best of what you do, and I'm going to apply it to what I do. You mm-hmm. know, whatever you do that I'm weak at, hopefully you're strong at, and vice yeah. versa. But we're programmed not to look at the people that are hurting us, but to look at each other so that they can walk around safe, which is why they're in our neighborhoods safe, mm-hmm. not scared, where I won't go back someplace where I've heard it's too wild, even if it's a good deal. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm cool with it. I'm just saying that our expectation and our dreams are not to run us, it's to run them. That's what I'm saying. It's not for us to survive, it's for us to be in control of survival, and that we have the power to do that. It's not to fit in, it's to actually carve out. And when we stick together, that's what it looks like. They're exploiting the fact that we don't know our self-power right. and what it looks like when we stick together and programmed us to hate each other when we love each other and we'll win because it's dangerous for them, not us. But it's an obvious program. and I'm not mad of them. It's been very, like, Successful. kudos. I'm never mad at my enemy for implementing something that's affecting us. I'm always mad at us for letting that bullshit go through. Especially
2: so long. For for over and over again. And they trying to it's the same trick over and over. But again, the good part about today
1: is we need to also get used to the fact that we're not being abused, that we're in the moment of solution, that we are what no one else does. We're doing it. Y'all doing it and make a hand for give yourself a hand for doing it. Hey, do we have we're, that, we're, um, we're used to not doing it, but we are doing it, and we have to celebrate when we are. We got to chip away at the mountain, and we'll get there, but we have started, and what we're doing right now is a perfect example of it. So I don't feel it's the anxiety like the of like, I know the fucking answer, but nobody's doing it. It's no longer I got to yell and scream and people say I'm crazy. I can speak cool and actually have action. It really looks good when we stick together. Look at us right now. Mm -hmm. So we just take that thing and make it infectious like COVID. (laughs) Keep that energy everywhere we go and every year just grow. Just get better. I'm not mad at what's been done. I'm mad at what we're not doing in the future. If we know we could, we can't. And this is The purpose of forums like this, again, is not to look for soldiers, for generals. Not to look for workers, but for partners. And that's the whole purpose of this whole game.
2: Mm. 19 keys. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a moment for a second. I want everybody to just pause. Dame Dash used to that word. I invented it. <laughs> not pause, but we did invent the game. Hold so on. so if, if, if we take a moment of stillness, right? Because part of this environment is not always what we say. It's about what we feel, right? When we in environments like this and we're here for knowledge, <coughs> education, consciousness to uplift ourselves, this is not something that we get on a daily basis, Right? We may get this yearly. (laughs) We may get this a few times out of the year, but we are in an environment, a physical environment, where people are here together to try to reach a higher level of self, right? And it feels good to be here. And in this moment, we have to think about what we're here for, though, right? I believe we go to every place to pick up something and take with us. You can't let the moment pass without thinking about what you're supposed to take with you along your journey and on your way, so that you can have growth. This moment ain't for me, it ain't for Dame, it's for you. But at the same time, it's not just you as an individual, it's you as a piece of the collective. What can you pick up when you leave? Because I was once, you know, I remember going to one of the Dame events, and I'm just sitting on the side watching. Didn't even introduce myself. I'm a see brother. Because I was picking up (coughs) the seed there. I was soaking up the environment. Right? I was cultivating my ideas, my dreams, and grabbing my energy because sometimes we walk into people and we hope they notice we special before we bring that out of ourselves. And so you have to learn how to validate yourself through your own work. And then when you show up, people recognize you. Right? And so that's your real power. So I never stood in front of nobody. Hey, you, you see how special I am? I'm the chosen one. No, nah. you don't know who I am now, but you will later because I'm going to actually do chosen one work that's different than having chosen one dreams. And everybody in here want to be chose. Y'all know know, you from the bay. you know that's, that's, you know a lot of my lingo be coming out like that, I don't even be meaning to, you know. I've been around Mr. Fab too many times. (laughs) But in real life though, you know, this is a, a, a moment of solidarity, this is a moment where we get to generate ideas that get to reverberate into the future. Right? There's so many times I try to bring people together so that we can take over things. And we're in this midst of operation where we do get to take over things. It's just I wanted things to happen faster than the actual process. And so now I learned to respect time. Right, I learned to respect time. You have to respect time. Time is a greater snitch than 6 9 It tell you everything. Right, I'm serious. Time will always tell you reality and it's going to tell you the future. So if I respect time then I know that as long as I make the moves, right, reality will move with me. So I can want things to happen today, but that's not the way time has it set up. You say, no, you got to make these moves, then they come. So we that generation that our ancestors may have felt like, "Yo, yo, I want things to happen now. I want us to get liberty now. No, you just there to be a part of the collective to install something in the next generation so that they can build it. Right, and they may be building for the next generation. So we part of a continual phase of development. Everything that we went through as far as darkness, slavery, trauma, your own family personal issues, it's all to prepare you. But for what? Well also we can get into that Anunnaki Bully Carson conversation. Yeah, we can get into that. But that's another thing. That's definitely another thing. <laughs> that's another thing. <laughs> but that's the question. What is everything that you went through preparing you for? You know, I always lose the analogy of you know, when you're in your mother's womb, right, you're getting prepared to live the life that you live in now. You're getting arms, legs, right, you're getting a heart, you're getting the spine. As a baby, you don't know what you're being prepared for. You don't have no knowledge, no consciousness. But once you get here, you realize, oh, I got the skin, I got this, the, the, the ability to be upright, the ability to learn, the ability to understand, to walk, to crawl, because I'm getting prepared to be in this world, right? But as we go through life, we have to understand why are we learning the lessons that we learn throughout life? What is the next phase that we getting prepared for? Right. So we have to learn the spiritual laws of the universe to prepare us for our next phase of reality. Right. And so that comes with understanding the law of cause and effect. Most people try to figure out why their life is the way they is, but you don't understand the causes of things that you've done to get the effect of reality that you're living in. Right? And so when I operate with that, I don't have any issues because I realize I created the life that I have, right? And I created the things that I don't have, right? And so it puts me in control. Now I'm in the driver's seat of everything that's happening, and I also have the power to control what happens next. Or I don't need to control it, right? And that's when you get to another phase of power because we go from slave ship to ownership, right? When we don't have nothing, we feel like we need to own everything. But when you realize it's about rulership, Right now, owning nothing but controlling everything, that's when you get the true power. So I don't own my emotions, I control them. You know, that's what God said he gives man's domain over everything. Not man owns everything. No, you have the ability to control those things in your atmosphere, that's true power. I'm not even attached to it, but I control the outcome. So when we learn the true value of the art of living, the art of thinking, right? There's so many things that we are savaging behind we don't know how to walk we barely know how to breathe correctly i mean that for real we don't know how to breathe as human beings we don't know how much water intake we supposed to have we don't even know to customize things because we went to school to learn how to work for the world instead of to learn how our inner workings work right so when we go to school and we learn self right then everything that you do is aligned with who you are but they told us to chase our desires right, rather than our needs. So there's a lot of people that have things that they desire but they don't have the things that they need. And that's why we continue to have the issues that we have because once you operate in that place of need, you have different dreams and expectations. You don't have greed, you don't have jealousy anymore because you have everything that you need. But we're chasing the idea of freedom and success on what it looks like to another culture, not what it looks like for ours, right? What? Them getting money looks like for them is different what it looks like for us. But we feel like in order to fit in, we have to look like them so they can validate us. No, we're supposed to be the spooks who sit beside the door. But at some point in time, you got to let somebody in. At some point in time, you got to say, I got enough information. Let me kick down the door. Right? Some people just stay by the door. Bro, I'm just a spook, man. You know, I've been here for 30 years. <laughs> I'm collecting. You know you know why I'm here. No, I don't know no more. <laughs> You've been there for a while. You ain't gave nobody no game, ain't kicked the dough open. Bro, you done been through every position, the president, every job, and you afraid to get somebody a discount at Target. (laughs) How about you a spook? (laughs) So, you know, when I met Mr. Fab, he talked about when I met him at Prada. You know, I'm going to let him tell the story. I tell it, but, um. (laughs) When I met listen, bro, 50% off instantly. First day I met him, I don't care about these people's money. I ain't going to be working here forever. One day I'm going to be in the future. I need Mr. Fab to tell a story. He ain't going to tell the right way, but he' going to tell the story on stage. <laughs> so, but that, to me, that's the art of networking. You don't even know that the piece, some of you are treating people the wrong way that you're going to need tomorrow, right? And you don't even know that you're going to need them. You don't even know you'll be in a position where y'all can utilize each other. Right? I couldn't spoke all of those things into existence. I had to work them into existence. And there's too many people trying to operate off the law of attraction instead of the law of work. Right? You just want to sit there and positively bring things into reality. Positivity alone ain't never made nobody a millionaire. Right? It's the work. It's, it's understanding the different laws of the universe. But everybody loves the law of attraction. Right? But for most people, it's a law of subtraction. Because if you're not doing things, you're robbing yourself, right? So if I want to build my future self, I have to think about how do I invest in them, right? Because otherwise, everything that I don't have today is because I robbed myself of it yesterday. I didn't do the work. So if I don't have the knowledge, I ain't read. That's why, right? If if you single, it's because you ain't get you know what I mean. You ain't spit the game you're supposed to do. Like (laughs) you ain't you ain't develop yourself (laughs) into somebody who's actually attractive. Nobody wants you. Not like that. I know some people got triggered. But what I mean, like, focus on making yourself more valuable and you will be more attractive to the things that you consider valuable. Right. That's a different level of power. Right. And that goes with all relationships. I'm not talking about just sexual relationships, because my uncle and daughter, shout out to him. He from the Bay. And he told me a long time ago, he said, the way y'all treat women, y'all don't understand their value. He said, "You just want to have sex with her. You could have built a million-dollar business with her. She had skill sets that you could utilize, right? But instead, you only see her for her flesh. You don't understand the mind. And so, it took me a while. You know, it, it wasn't when he just said it. Took me. I, you know, I, had to, I had to go, you know, through some iterations to understand exactly what he, underst- what he understood at that time. And it was long-term thinking." So we're off to the question grid. I oh, ain't no question. Oh. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> this the it's ai going, script man it told right me, on. just <laughs> do this yeah, just. but listen what i did want to get into i wanted to let this role right here the vip panel man ask a couple questions or make a statement you know just to add effect to the room because sometimes it's not about who on stage it's about who's in the room you know each one teach one. we can all give each other value i see faces that i've known you know from a childhood yeah right up until now so this is a full circle moment so i don't even want to just take the moment i really want to share it right so i got my brother mike rashid right here in the building and i wanted to see if he had a few words you wanted to ask or something that you wanted to share just to add to the collective
5: yes excuse me peace y'all peace everybody um first and foremost i love you to death bro bro. first time we (laughs) talked we was introduced and we talked for like two and a half hours you know what i'm saying and we have those bills all the time. It's authentic. And I fuck with you hard, bro. You feel Likewise. me? Likewise. Um, I want to say to Brother Dang, like, this is dope. You're a dope dude. You're one of the people that, you know, you. I model myself after in so many, so many different ways through my ascension, you know. Um, I, I feel you. I just feel you. You feel me? Like, the, the Breakfast Club, that was like my favorite Anytime video, you know what I'm saying? I've sent that to so many people, you feel me? So I'm honored to be in a room with you, you brothers. Um, it's a lot of power in here. My brother, him, 500. Um, I don't really got nothing to add. Just well, let me I ask love you, y'all, I appreciate y'all. You we know talked
2: what? about 60% of America being obese, man. What is, when it comes to mind and body, you a person that you always talk about putting yourself through something hard every day. Right. Can you talk about just that mindset piece of people that may want to get themselves together physically, but how do they get there mentally?
5: Absolutely. All right. So my brother, Amir, um, we was having a conversation the other day and he posed this question. He says, do you think society is backsliding, getting weak? We're not going to advance because we have so many, you know, pieces of technology. We have so much comfort at our disposal. And I said, no, I don't think that because the nature of man is to seek comfort. If it wasn't, we'd still be in trees and forests, right? So you will not have a situation to where humans are not gonna try to make life easier. However, we know that with that, we will become weak. We will atrophy, muscles get weak, brain get weak, so on and so forth. We used to have to hunt for food, now we have Uber Eats, you feel me? So knowing these things, we have to counterbalance all of the luxuries and the comforts. And look, we all do well for ourselves, but we also do things that are difficult every day. You know what I'm saying? For me personally, I have a routine, I'm on a routine. I go to bed early, I get up early, uh, I'm praying, I'm I'm meditating, I'm in the gym, sauna, all of that stuff before 8 a.m., you feel Mm me? So it's in me, like I intentionally put myself through uh, discomfort, right? I am comfortable being in discomfort. I wouldn't be comfortable if I didn't have discomfort. If things were too easy, I wouldn't like that. You know what I'm saying? So um, in 2018, I think, I'm looking around the landscape of my industry and I just don't like my peers. I'm like, I don't like these people. I don't want to look like these people. I don't want to appear to be like these people. So what did I do? You know, a long time passion of mine, boxing, I've been boxing all my life but I stopped early 20s. When I was about to turn 40, I went back to the sport. You feel me? Getting up out of my big nice house to go run in the morning, to get in shape, to go fight people half my age. You feel me? I did that just to keep myself sharp, keep myself dangerous because I don't want to become soft. You feel me? So I feel like we should, especially as men, we should always, always try to do difficult things, keep ourselves dangerous mentally, physically, spiritually, financially fortify all of these resources so that we're that guy in our family you feel yeah. me
2: for those who don't know mike rashid he is one of the top in the world when it comes to fitness and he has one of the number one health uh, mineral vitamin supplement companies in the world Right. And uh, this is something that he's built up. So his brother has a lot of knowledge. This is why I ask him. Right. Because for me, I have peer tours. I don't have mentors. I have peers that I learn from. Each one teach one. Right. So that's why I really respect the knowledge that my brothers have, because they built something and they do things that I can't do. And I was taught that that's the God protocol. We bow down to what each other has. Right. So therefore, we can recognize each other rather than compete with each other. And for me, that's the art of collaboration. So, you know, that's a brother that, you know, I'm starting to get in shape. I'm on my Creed 4 right now. You know, I'm, I'm up there. I ain't took the, did the photo shoot yet, but it's coming. You know, get the baby oil and everything. But I'm competing, you feel me? Because I see my brother, he get up there, he work out. So now when he get in the gym, I don't want to be hitting the baby weights. And he over there hitting the Vin Rams. I'm on my baby boy, you feel me? So therefore, I made a new habit to go to the gym consistently every day. And that's really been helping me with everything else in life, right? Because that idea of putting yourself in discomfort on purpose, right? Like neuroscience say, if you wake up, you take a cold shower, we have a point in time where we're gonna automatically have more stress throughout the day. But if you trigger that stress in the morning, right, then you're going through it on purpose, so therefore it doesn't trigger it for the rest of the day. Right, so if you purposely take yourself through the stress, then you can control your reality, right? So I take that cold shower, and then I'm gonna get up with the sun, so therefore it can program me as our sun gaze before the sun get up to a certain point in the sky, right? So for me, these are keys of living, right? So it resets my circadian rhythm, so I'm not off balance with my body and my work schedule, right? So when we talk about mental health and physical health, these are things that the general uh, consensus of people should know. But because You know, the pharmaceutical companies and, you know, these food companies run the world. They don't want you to know actually how to live in tune with, you know, your human rhythm. Why? Because the sicker you are, the more they get paid. Right? So if you teach black people health, you are robbing a consumer base. If you teach black people to be owners, you're, you're robbing tenants from landlords that other cultures have when they come and take our money. But so te- when we te- talk about that 1.6 trillion spending power, they look at that as these are my customers. Y'all can't be educating my customers away from me, right, because we benefit off y'all ignorance. So this is the reason they don't like when we have forms of financial intelligence and we're teaching people all these different aspects because we're robbing the fast food companies. We're robbing Big Pharma, right? We're robbing all of these people of their consumer base. But I don't mind doing that, right, because they're taking advantage of our ignorance. So I want to enlighten us in these areas, and it changes our spending habits. My brother, we gotta, what we got
5: to do, and I always say this, is divorce ourselves from this culture here in America and create our own culture because we have our own people teaching us how to eat. Honorable Elijah Muhammad gave us how to eat to live. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I've been doing that forever. My father as well, right? So we have, we don't take each other serious and we should. What's more, what's more brilliant than a black mind? Look at our country, all right. So so, so think about this. Black people, we, we make up something like 28% of the world's population, all right? They call you minority, but that's bullshit, that's cap. They're the minorities, you feel me? They're 9% of the population, we're 28%. So Pete, so you have black people in Africa, South America, India, here, but right here, look at all that we're doing. Look at the culture that we export to the world. Billions of dollars. Rappers are, the, are gods, you feel me? And it used to be like, ah, that'll, that ain't gonna last, and it came out of a place of, of not having. We couldn't afford equipment, playing with mom's records, you know what I'm saying? Chanting in a park till a multi-billion dollar industry. And only rap music gave birth to like the big uh, uh, clothing brands associated with an artist or a person. You know what I'm saying? There's no rock and roll clothing brands, you feel me? But no, not to rock. But what I'm saying is not just entertainment. Look at sports, right? Sports, people look at that as like, oh, it's just athletic, whatever, but that's intelligence. That takes intellect to be able to manipulate your your body through the physical universe like a LeBron James or or Floyd Mayweather. You know what I'm saying? That's brilliant. That's brilliant brain activity. Um, Science, your Neil deGrasse Tyson's or whomever. So why don't we take ourselves serious? But we have to. You know what I'm saying? We have to listen to each other because we are so fucking brilliant. You know what I'm saying? And people have such... You know, they market, they market, like, filth to us. They market trauma to us. Like, you know, we're, we're getting beat up by cops, shot by cops, whatever. Like, that's the reality of us. Nah, they be, <coughs> bound, they be bound down to us, too. They don't show you that. You know what I'm saying? So we have to really reprogram ourselves. If you don't program yourself, they're going to keep programming you. That's you know a mean? fact. So we have to re- really reprogram ourselves. We have to really tap into ourselves spiritually, mentally, physically, all of these things. You know what I'm saying? Keith said something earlier. That's, it makes, it's so profound, but it's so simple. Go outside for a mental health check, take a walk in a park, on a beach, on a brick, whatever. Just get outside, ride a bike, you feel me? So we really need to do these things. When we don't, when we're just inundated with the bullshit programming on our, our smartphones and TVs or whatever, you're gonna stay in a cloud of confusion, not loving yourself, not loving the people that look like you. You know what I'm saying? And we gotta really reprogram ourselves and change. Yeah, we're gonna
2: do the I'm outside challenge. You know what I'm saying? That's it, that's the I'm outside. Like, go outside for real. And it it's crazy we gotta make it a challenge, but <laughs> you know, if you're gonna put it on social media, you might actually be happy about doing it. Right. So we're going to start that. I'm outside challenge, man. So and especially take somebody from the hood outside. You feel me? That don't never go outside unless they're doing the wrong activities. But like and I mean outside in the nature. You feel me? I'm not just talking about on the block. You feel me? Like find a park, literally find a tree, find somewhere where your mind can flow and express itself. And it's not around man-made contraptions. Um, but thank you. Give a round of applause to my brother, Mike Rashid. Did you have something to say, brother? I was going to let him find honey say a word nah, or, or give a question right. to us. Or. Not at all. Oh, you chilling, man. You chilling. I'm, I'm just here. <laughs> <laughs> all
4: right. I'm going to stand up. Microphone she head down. How y'all doing tonight? I'm a student right here, right? I don't usually get the opportunity to ask a question, but you said it's either ask a question or give a word. I'm going to ask y'all what y'all want me to do. Ask a question from my lens to the brother or... Share something. Bet. So,
2: I don't then, know if y'all know who this brother is, he gets some good game. So, so y'all listen. might have gypped yourself, but go ahead. So, the, the level of which we
4: operate is that we're growing in business. One of the things I learned is that we've been idolizing the wrong people. And so, what I ask is that a lot of times we don't respect lawyers. One of the don't best people, lawyers. I hate lawyers. Right? Boom. So, but as we grow and we start dealing with contracts, lawyers, attorneys, and people like that is the ones who negotiate a lot of people' deals. They're completely
1: unnecessary and make language lengthy. So they, they make a reason to get paid. Lawyers fuck up the whole world. <laughs> You're not going to get up here and start fighting for lawyers, are you? No, 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 no. And that's okay. why I'm asking you.
4: Fuck lawyers. Th- th- that's a oh, Boom. AI.
1: Huh? AI, go to AI for lawyers now. Okay, And then give it to your lawyer. They get, they get paid. I hate lawyers and I hate accountants. Okay, They fuck me over everything I've ever done
4: mm-hmm. at a
1: professional level. They create things to pay for and that's time. So it's never advantageous for them to solve anything because that's when they stop getting paid. So lawyers and accountants have got me into every problem that I've gotten at a professional level. It's about knowing the law or knowing what you want your lawyer to write, telling them to do that shit quick because they create beefs amongst each other. There's unwritten law to waste as much time as possible because, again, it's not advantageous for them to solve anything because that's when they stop getting paid. So it's about you to know the law. And usually the language they put law in is supposedly uncomprehensible. So they're the only ones that can tell you what the shit means. But all that matters is what's actionable and what you can support. Law doesn't mean anything unless you have the tolerance to go to court for it, which means you have to pay a, lay, a, a lawyer to actually fight. It, it's a pain in the ass. I, I, I hate lawyers.
4: <laughs> Y'all learn some? <laughs> but now one of the things is that what you just said is that then I was going to send that because I, I kind of I watch you and study you enough. How does a person, because Keys, you're one of the ones that break the language down, how does one break a contract down using AI? Because a lot of times now we think we need lawyers and things like that to come in place. just tell them
1: what you want to accomplish. You know, I want that person to get what's fair for publishing. I want the proper split industry standard for this, that, or the third. It's just about wanting to know the truth based on behavioral pattern, right? Okay. So what's the average... Legality or what's the average contract for fashion or whatever the category is? What's the average contract for music when it comes to this? And then that's when you bring that to a lawyer
4: and see what they say. (coughs) AI to me
1: is like a paralegal.
4: But what does it look like negotiating for equity at this point?
1: You make your own company. Mm -hmm. You asking for equity in something that somebody else does, it doesn't make sense to me. That's not my game. My game is I create something and I sell it. I, 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 don't like, I hate this game of giving someone advice on how to make themselves hot and then having an expectation of like you should have ownership in their brand. You have to stand behind your own brand, put that in a product, and you have to sell it. And relationships don't mean anything if your product is whack. You have to have good product. I, this relationship thing for me has never worked. Relationships don't mean anything unless your product is good. So a relationship means that you're gonna like me even if my product is whack because I'm a nice guy. That's not, you know, if your work is good, they stand online. And there's not a relationship because that's a con. Like yo, because I'm your friend, you're gonna sell my shit. I want you to sell my shit because it makes you money no matter whether you like me or not. And, and that's my approach. I'm not the fit in approach. I'm not the nice guy approach. I'm the my work is so good that you have to buy it approach that because it's based on things that are like, you know, based on creativity and inspiration and not just because you're making it for money approach. Like I'm not about the bread. I'm about the creativity and monetizing it in a fair way and knowing what's deserved. But relationships haven't done shit for me. All they've done is make it where people are jealous and they try to take credit for the things I've done. It's about good work, being nice. That nice guy shit doesn't work. It doesn't. Man. A lawyer uh, quick could be useless about, now. He's
2: useless. Not 100%. A lawyer is useless. <laughs> to
1: to you, a person to that you, knows
2: yeah. how to use and what they looking for. Boom. You know what I'm saying? Because at the same time, everybody can't represent themselves in court. Right, because everybody don't have the ability to communicate what they're Now Everybody learned. could represent themselves in court. They could, but they won't and they can't because you know I've been to court and I remember having a lawyer telling them what to do. But you, you know you if, told if, that, if, you if I knew have told the, if I had AI now and possibly if I had that knowledge, but at the same time you don't always want to show up as your own representative. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, we know with black people we already behind the eight ball when it comes to fighting for some justice. So for me I'm always seeking and looking for solutions. I understand what you're saying, I understand what you're saying. You know, in the advent of somebody that's looking for a resource, I always tell people, don't ask me something that's Googleable. But in this instance, right, I want you to ask the question because it sparks a question that somebody may have on where to get started. Right, so OpenAI is one of them, but my bro actually created AI.Warehouse, where it has all of the resources and tools that everybody has used to build on the OpenAI, AI. Because OpenAI, you can go on there and say, code me something, and you can write a new website in five minutes, and then you can go create a website, right? So we created the AI warehouse so that people will actually know what new tools are out there. And I promise you, probably for every single industry that somebody is in, there's a new effective way, and new tool that you can utilize wait, wait, to probably 10x your income or outcome right now. So you have a... Uh, what's it called? A website. It's called AI.Warehouse. So
1: you have, a you have a website called
2: AI.Warehouse. And that's what that was
1: all about. Nah, shit. We just got to that. I wasn't that even was like, learning that.
2: If you could go to
1: AI and you could categorize it and put it into something, it becomes a business within itself. So AI, you could create anything you want as well as a business where people ask for stuff and AI answers it. So you have to architect the AI to make the business that you want without you having to do the physical work. Me, I'm a creative. I'm not about making money. And, and that might be counter business, but I'm about creating things that inspire me. So I did it before. I know what it is to make money. That's not off something that inspires me. It's not good money. It sucks. Making money with people you don't like sucks. Making money for people you don't like sucks. I'm telling you that firsthand experience. So I'm telling you, for me, from someone that made money off other people and things that weren't making me happy and people jacking my swag and making money off that and I can't give that to my children, I had to be creative. I had to make things. I had to be inspired and there's no shortcut around that. If you're here for the money, get out of here. You gotta be here for the love and make money off the love. So you have to figure out what you love to do, right? So I love making movies, I love making books, I love people learning from what I'm doing. I love fashion, I love making TV shows. I love every vertical of what I'm thinking and I wanna monetize that to the extent that it's insanity but I gotta make a tangible off everything I think. And being able to make something off what you think and what you love, being able to package that up, to be able to unapologetically sell that and so much, sell so much of it that your children's children don't have to work is the goal. Mm-hmm. But the question, and with the questions I want y'all to ask, like, for me, if you ask me a question, ask, you gotta tell me what your dream is first so I can know what language to talk to you in. So I know where you are trying to get. But at the end of the day, your dream is to make yourself successful and to be happy while you're making yourself successful. So some people's dream is yo, I wanna make money, I wanna be rich, but do you wanna be happy? I wanna be a rapper, I wanna be a singer. But what does it look like when you're a rapper or a singer? Are you happy? What makes you happy? If you're not inspired, To do something that creatively makes you happy, if you're only doing it for money, you're in the wrong game. Mm. You can make money off the things you love, but you just have to know how. But you got to know what your dream is first. But creativity and the integrity of the process and the art of what you're doing is all I'm fighting for. They take credit off our art because we don't know how to monetize it. I could tell you how to monetize your art, but you got to know what your art is. But all that AI and all that other shit, it doesn't matter if you don't know who you are. AI is based on behavior patterns. Just because someone else has a behavior pattern doesn't mean you got to have the same behavior pattern. It's about being an individual. It's about knowing how to market up your your individuality and being able to sell it. And I can tell you what it's like to work corporate. It sucks. I hated it. I'm I'm the living, breathing version of anti-corporate and of being completely independent and what that looks like in real time. To say, fuck y'all. Because that's an important power to have. You want me to do this, that, and the third? Fuck you. I can do it myself. And to actually do it. So let me break down to you the fashion business and why I'm so happy and cocky right now. So with Rockwear, with Fat Farm, with FUBU, what would happen is we would get a deal with an infrastructure that could facilitate volume. When they should have been renting our brands, that's called the license, they would say, we'll give you this volume, but you got to give up half of your company. So for for Rockware, it's me and Jay, and then it's two Russians, 50-50, which equals 25 to me. They They should not have owned that. They should have been able to rent it. We should have owned it. It happened to all of us. So I was like, that's not happening again. I'm not doing that. It happened with Rachel Roy. For me to be able to get into Macy's, I had to sell, I had to do a license with Jones New York. Because you have to sustain loss, a billion dollars worth of it, and for that license, they want a half of the brand. I only ended up with 25%. So I said, forget all that. I'm going to make my own brand based on me, something I could pass to my family. And I developed CEO for years. Just socks, certain goods, fuck being in retail, I gave it away. I just had to be able to sustain for like five to 10 years. And now I've been able to do that deal where I can license and do volume, but they license, they don't own it. I'm able to make my daughter the creative director where I couldn't do that before. That's what my fight has been for the last 10 years. For me to have an individual brand that's based on me, not based on how good I am at promoting somebody else or jacking somebody else's shit. I had to jack my own. And I'm not giving away half of value, but I had to know that. All of us are a victim to that. Puff, Russell, me, Fubu, Rachel, but it's a different day now because I know the business and now I could teach y'all the business. It's about having a product that you own, putting it into something and selling it. Nobody, like I'm not paying you to tell me how to be cool. I'm cool enough. I'm not paying, I don't wanna get paid for a service. I wanna sell a product. So the challenge to you is, what's your product? What's the creative process behind it? If you think putting your logo in a blank is fashion, that's not fashion. If you're into the business of movie making, it's about doing something that nobody's done before and be able to monetize it. My hustle isn't actually talking about getting money. My hustle is getting money. <laughs> and I can't make enough of it to look at it. That's been my problem. I can make money all day, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm so inspired every day. There's so many wars to fight that I'm not asking for that I just bet it all on everything that I believe in. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do, but this is what it looked like. This is not for everybody. This fight is not for everybody. Not everybody can do this. I have no expectation of everybody doing this, but I could tell you exactly the steps. I could tell you what it looked like, and I could tell you how it felt. It felt good. Pause. And there was no question. I just went off on a tangent. Pulled one of my moves. But that's so. where we're at. Go
2: ahead. All right, we got one more question. They're all your friends in the front row? Huh? The questions is all your friends in the front row? Well, this the row. Y'all wanted to get this a This is the friends row. row questions. Yeah. I got a friend
1: Bring them well, up there. with Tommy
2: Duncan. Where that brother at? All right,
1: come to the front because he keeps overwhelming me with friends. Let me, let me. <laughs> I just want to say this. Let my me get I LaRoy. My man Tommy though, Duncan just sold his company for 120 million. I was gonna say that. Congratulations. Alright. Come on
2: up, Tommy Duncan. But ask your friend then I ask my friend. And and they more than friends, they peers. You feel? Peers, me? Ask your peers. These are, these are truly not even on some friendly shit. These are people I respect because they move in a world and they impart their will on reality. So, you know. Like I said, when people come, I'm always bringing somebody. It ain't just about me. It's about who I'm connected to. I brought my friends too. You didn't tell me he was doing that. Man, I didn't, I didn't know, know
3: you wanted to. You feel oh, me? Oh, you want to bring I your set friends them in the I front row already? I, I got about? my front row friends. Tommy, what you got? What's happening? So I don't have a question. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I do have something to say though. All right, so let's do it real quick. So if we just visualize a circle. All right? You got a circle? Just visualize it. Could you just tell them how you sold your company for $120 million? $120 million a few years ago. and I Healthcare. Started, yeah, healthcare industry. Sold of for $120 million. Built it from the ground up from nothing. We made a movie together. We made a movie. Dame is a director and my partner. And the dude is fucking brilliant. It's unfucking believable This dude is so talented, it blows my mind. Because I have no talent. I'm one of them dudes that, you know, kinda, you, can just, you can just make $120 million, that's all. No, because I got a lot of hustle in me. And, I, got, and, t- I, and talent, I take bro. risk. I'm gonna take, but here, let me go back to my circle. So let's All say right, we right. have a circle, land right? It, land we got it. the circle. <laughs> and just imagine, everyone, most people are in the circle. 99.9% of people are within the circle. That circle is called the rat race. That means you have to make enough money to pay your bills. Then there's 0.1% on the outside of the circle. Those people have enough money with their money... Make snuff to cover all their bills and live a luxurious lifestyle, all right? I've gotten on the other side of that circle, okay? Dames on the outside of that circle. But the point I want to make to you is the lines of the circle, those are the laws. That's the status quo. That's what you're not supposed to do. So if you wanna get on the outside, you gotta bend the circle. You gotta break the lines, maybe. You gotta take the risk. Right, I'm Mr. High Risk. That's really who I'm all about. Like I got, I'll take my shirt off right now. You see, a tattoo says High Risk. Take the risk, you get the reward. Now you can't be stupid, right? You don't want to get in trouble legally, because then that's terrible. So you have to be smart about your risk taking. But take the risk. All of people in here, are entrepreneurs or wanna be, take the risk and do it. I built this company. I sold for 120 million, and I had a full-time job living in another state, and I got. You know, everyone was curious about how did Tommy Duncan do this. I was 30 years old. Well, I did it because I took a whole lot of risk. Okay. Today, I flew on this airline from LA to Oakland. It wasn't private. There's this dope thing called JSX. This all I'm going to tell you about. I told
1: you about JSX too, by the way. Yeah, Dame me. He puts me up
3: on game on everything, right? (laughs) But I put him up on the rings though, because you know, he told me. Nike keys got rings. I got rings too. He told me that the government is the best. Client
1: to have in the planet. A- American wealth is built on government contracts. Yeah. Tesla, yeah. Amazon, they the wealthiest because of
3: government contracts. I'm you just don't that. have to have a product. Dame is all of a product. <coughs> have a product if you have it. Or you go get you a contract and get you some money. And that government money keeps coming. You know, they just keep coming You go to sleep, it's still coming. It's, coming. it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Here's the deal: JSX Airline. I got on this airline. It's not private, it's a real airline. I got on this airline in two minutes. They didn't check my bag. They didn't check my body. I'm on an airplane with 30 other people. I could have had anything on me. They didn't check. That told me this whole concept of going through security, FDA, that's not required. But the entrepreneurs who did JSX, they just did it. They didn't wait for what they thought to be status quo, what they thought to be legal and not legal. Right? So you can work for a company, do something outside of your company. You can do whatever you want to do to make your dreams come true. So anyway, take the risk is all I got to say.
2: Yeah. I, well, didn't, I didn't pass you that mic. I pass it back to LaRussell. Thank you, brother, for that. That was great. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I only had one thing you were talking about doing film. How do you get a film into the theaters independently? What does that distribution deal look like or what is that channel? So, AMC has an independent film kind of thing. You could just google it and you could kind of put your film there and so I made this movie with Tommy about his life and his family's life. We put it in festivals and I just went to AMC and they actually gave me a 40 theater deal and the cut, like, like, you know, it's, it's about understanding the ways you can make money off that asset. There's a theatrical, but then there's like, you license it, you can, you can put it on Tubi, Tubi's the way for everybody. It's not a stat, but everybody can get there, but they do pay out very well. And then it's about licensing the movie, your television rights, your cable rights, your streaming rights, your international, and then you have, you know, all the other things, old school DVD or whatever it is, CDs, whatever. It's about residual income. If you make something that's good, it can make you money forever if you capture it digitally. You know, but it's a process and it's not an overnight thing to get your money right back. Like, it's not like you're going to re-up overnight and, and... But for me, the dream was to be able to make the movie and not have to worry about distribution. To be able to establish distribution theatrically with AMC Theatres, you know, when I did movies and I would license them to Lionsgate, they give me 10 theaters. I got 40. I just know that if you do it yourself, and you just take the time to see what they're doing, you could do it. It's about the PA, but everything is social media right now. You could target your audience based on algorithms. It's almost too easy in AI. So if you know exactly the subject matter you're talking about, you can, you can target your consumer and based on algorithms and, 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 and behavioral patterns, you know exactly what's gonna happen. You know, but for me, fuck all that. I just really want to be creative. I want to make the coolest things. I want to get at Woody Allen. I want to get at everybody that everyone respects as it relates to movies and showcase the experiences that I love that have inspired me. And those aren't the experiences of hearing me historically getting beat up. I'm sick of seeing movies about us getting beat up. I'm sick of seeing movies about us hitting each other too hard or so hard. Why can't they show those visuals like when I travel and I'm going into these markets, every single market I go into there's a black woman that's bought mad real estate for cheap and that is rolling now, but doesn't want to tell anybody how they made it because they're scared that they're a target to get it taken away. So black wealth has generally had to hide and not be able to show an example of what it looks like. My thing is we should be entitled, not to be like happy to fit in. We deserve that seat at the table and we need to showcase what it looks like and those are the movies that we need to make. But when they're paying for our movies, they're paying for what they can monetize, our dysfunction, you know? And they're gonna pay to put the patterns into the world and the universe that have consistently been controlling us. So it's for us to make our movies, it's easy for us to distribute them, and for us to actually make the money as a creative. But we gotta be good at what we do. We gotta be better than them. We can't be good for black. We gotta be better, we gotta study the art. That's a fact. And we have to understand how to be better than the product that's out there. But I could tell anybody that wants to make a movie, this is it. A movie doesn't have to be more than 70 minutes, that's 70 pages. The first 23 pages are the introduction to the characters. The next 23 pages, the conflict. The next 23 pages is the resolution. And that's all you need. To be able to tell that story visually and aesthetically, making it look good musically and there's so many other things you can showcase in that visual that showcase your point of view. You can sell so many things in content. You just have to know how. But yeah, to put it out theatrically, make a good movie, put it in theaters, or to put it in uh, festivals, and then talk to AMC. And now that I'm the plug, I can actually help that as well. I distribute over 50 to 60 movies on Tubi. Other filmmakers other than myself it doesn't mean they're going to get rich. It means they'll, be, they'll have the opportunity to get rich. But it's on them to promote. And when you put out a movie, you just have to go market by market, social media, activations. It's easy to do ads locally on television, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. And you could even rent the theaters as
2: well. You know, it just takes a minute. But you could do it. I think that's a dumb question because, you know, even when I think you told me that before and I didn't realize how easy it was. Right. A lot of times we don't ask the question and we got these dreams and, and it feels like it's all these barriers in a way. Right. But we really probably just never researched it before. Right. And, and I didn't have questions back in the day that took me years to get answered because I feel like I needed somebody in front of me to tell me rather than just do the research right? And you fail at 100% of things you don't try, right? So for me, it's like when it comes to the media side, because we've been really heavy on this, and it comes back to AI, like now they got things where, you know, they doing text-to-video, but also text-to-sound. One of the biggest things in movies for me when I look at a high-quality movie versus what's considered low-budget or bootleg, is the sound quality, right? It'd be off. You can tell it wasn't there for real, so now they got these tools where you know, you can imprint sound in there because you got to create all the sounds artificially and it sounds high quality. Well, that's, that's called sound design. Right, but I'm saying they can start doing that with AI. They, you know they with sound design. Put it hold like hold, this. Hold, hold, let, me, let, me, let me finish this. Well, let me this tell thought, you, most people don't know to do sound I, design. I know, but... So I'm just telling you that. But when <laughs> it comes... Because this is what we do, right? On the back end, right? Because we created a hit show, right? And I got my brother, Mechie. Shout out to him right here. He's the one who do all the magic to make everything work. Like, we shot it, we looked at it in a way where the way they shoot documentaries, when we do the music, we do the B-roll, and sometimes we talk about things that they don't have B-roll for because they don't have a lot of black B-roll. So we had to go utilize Mid Journey to create our own B-roll as well, right? And then when we put out the posters for things, we always do it like it's a movie, right? So the way we roll it out, we roll it like, out like a show. We roll it out like a movie. And then we're going to have certain episodes that we're going to put in theaters Right. Because if I can fill up this space, of course, I can fill out a theater with a red carpet. And a lot of things that I do is just to change the element around it. Right. Like we look at education as a luxury. Right. Rather than as a necessity. So instead, I'm going to design it like a luxury. Right. So now you're going after it the same way you go at the luxury things. Right. So now I get to cut into your Netflix time when my quality is the same. Versus with somebody, they might be spitting some high-level knowledge, but the quality is low-level, right? So instead, we make sure everything that we do is of a high quality so we can compete with the escapism out there. So instead, yeah, we might be teaching you, but most people, even when they, it's like when a person make a, a, a good shirt design that's conscious, they want everybody to buy it because of what it says rather than the design. So when we focus on like sound design and we focus on set design and we focus on making sure that everything is color graded and the marketing is correct, now we can actually compete with the industry makers, right? But other than that, it's going to look led People go treat it blue-led, because if you don't put that quality into it, then you ain't putting that love in it and people ain't going to treat it like that. Well, well the, so, the industry is an art. Absolutely. So when
1: you make movies, you have to respect it as an art. You can't think just because you want to make a movie that you're going to know everything that comes with it. But like, if you don't know, and I know this from from experience, if you don't know about sound design, if you don't know that if a pen makes a sound, you have to recreate that sound, then it won't get done. And someone that actually knows that art and studies that art will know that you don't look at it As an art, right. So, like a lot of times when you do a business, you have to stimulate verticals. You have to do fashion, but you know merch is just putting your logo on a blank. But the art of fashion is cut and sew, and how it fits on. It's a process. Every vertical is an art, and you have to respect the art. And you don't want like a like you could ask AI. What element of the art do I have to worry about? But really, that's gonna be the difference, is if you ask AI to do the art for you, or if you're gonna be that person that really focuses on the art of your point of view, and if you respect it as an art, and that's what comes with good taste. So right now, like Montclair just did a whole delivery, AI design. It wasn't completely right. You said who did it? Montclair. Okay. And it wasn't completely right, but it was done by a computer. It's gonna be like the difference between vinyl and digital if you're actually the person. But regardless if AI could tell you what to do, you still gotta respect the art to, have it, to be an individual. If you wanna do fashion, don't ask AI understand the art of fashion, of cut and sew, of patterns, of sourcing fabric, and all, everything that comes with it or you won't have a certain kind of respect. If you wanna be in movies, you can't just shortcut that shit and ask AI. I don't respect that, because I'm really understanding it and learning it and really doing it. That's gonna be the difference between AI and then the management of AI by someone that really respects the art and the process, like right now in Japan and China, whatever it is, they got like thirty albums or songs out yeah. that are completely AI. I learned that on TikTok. And <laughs> they I'm ain't like, been on God that TikTok, damn. man. <laughs> I'm telling you, TikTok tells you everything right yeah. now. But my point is, it, it. That's gonna be a market for AI, but there's always gonna be a market for things that aren't about behavior patterns, about you creating your own algorithm. Understand how to manipulate it, but don't ditch the creative process and and the respect for the art. I respect music. That's why I do live instrumentation right now. I respect movies. I respect fashion. I respect curriculum. No shortcut for me. You could do a shortcut, but you're shortcutting yourself for actual experience. But I'm still going to address AI, but I'm never going to shy away from learning the art, respecting the art. Don't have any expectation of making money from an art if you don't know the art. Don't shortcut that. It's disrespectful. If you're going to be in music, learn it. If you're gonna be in movies, learn it. Let AI help you and assist you, but you gotta respect the art. That's you know, where the integrity for me comes in. That's why I think I'm cool, cause I don't make money off other people, I really do it. If I do a movie, I'ma direct it, I'ma make the movie, I'ma write it, I'ma act in it, I'ma make the clothes in it, I'ma distribute it. That's the art to me, is for me to showcase my point of view on so many verticals and then be able to monetize it without compromise. Letting somebody else pay for your shit means that you're now working for their art and their point of view. The art is to be able to accomplish something unapologetically without compromise in luxury and to figure that out. I'll use the AI to make certain things that I want to do easier, like I right, answer certain things. But when it comes to the creative, I'm not fucking with AI like that. I'm gonna create the algorithm and the behavior pattern that AI studies. That's my art. And that's what I want to challenge y'all to aspire to do as well. The round of applause.
2: There's a lot of things that's going to come and go. There's a lot of things that's going to pass. But you can't kill the passion You're trying to get there too fast, and you won't appreciate it. And depreciating the art won't allow you to enjoy life, right? So what we're trying to, not trying, but what we are doing is installing you to help you understand how to control the future. A lot of you all are going to go through a lot of emotions and a lot of thoughts and feelings trying to figure out what you want to do. As you start using these machines, they're going to start feeling like they're using you. And you can get disconnected to who you are right? So the art of living is detachment. Take a step back. Understand your options and strategize in life. Step into the art of it so you can understand your way. You understand me? There's a way to everything, whether you're a janitor or whether you're an artist. There's a way of an artist understanding the different brush sizes, understanding the, bro- the, the strokes, understanding the different paints to use. They understand the way of a painter, right? It's the same thing when you're a musician. You understand the way of the instruments. And once you understand the way of it, you're living the art of it, right? The art of living has been greatly lost for our generation because we want everything microwavable and we want everything artificial, right? Whether it's artificial intelligence, ingredients, dissemination, everything is artificial these days. And that makes you depreciate life and now you disconnect it. Right. So being able to step back into an appreciation of life allows you to live at this point where you get adrenaline from the passion of the things that you do. And it's no longer money based. You don't want money to ever become your God because then they can use money against you. And then that becomes your weakness. And then you get the money and you still don't feel alive. And I believe that's what Dame has been talking about this whole time. So as we talked about those core values, I hope you all been thinking about them this whole entire time. Because like I said, our culture can tell you they top five rappers quicker. They can tell you they top five core values. And that's destroying the integrity of what we call culture. Culture is at the antipasite. It's at the root. Right? You can't build anything unless you get the culture right. Right? So if the values of the culture is not right, then you can't build nothing off that culture. Right? That's the foundation of our connectivity and our identity towards each other. I don't believe in connecting with somebody because they're black. I believe in connecting with people who are ethnically the same as me. We have the same mission, the same values, the same ideas, the same identities as far as what we believe life is. And it's easy to cleanse over certain ethnicities within our culture because a strong black man is not represented in media, right? Because they can say, well, listen, we're going to make this quota, but we're not putting a Muslim conscience up there. No, we're going to make fun of that in media. So you have to create a way to represent yourself, right? And so everything that I do is about my own self-representation. I want something that my brothers and my peers and my, the people that's here and the sisters can see. Because they like, damn, it don't exist if we don't see it, right? We even, they even killed Brian Wakanda. <laughs> they gave us one imagination and then killed them So that means that we can't continue to wait on them to build out the imagination for us to foster our dreams and reality out of. No, that means they continue to control us. So we have to get to this point where we have complete autonomy and power. And we talked about technology not to become reliant, but to be conscious of it. Because it's all around us. And most of the things that we do, we're being controlled by it, but you're just not thinking about it intentionally on a daily basis. But we've been robbed of our spirituality because we don't even think about it on a daily basis. How many times you think about God and your beliefs and your spirit versus you think about your issues and your problems and your complaints? Most people connect on their traumas rather than the healing process and their dreams, their vision, and their goals. So you have to learn to detach from those things so you can stop being reactionary and you can start becoming revolutionary. Can I get everybody to stand up? We in Oakland, man. We in the home of the revolutionaries, right? We in the home of the Panthers. We in the home of your black Muslim bakery. You understand? I me? Mean, we're in the home of so many different times and points in history where we was able to take advantage of that spirit because we didn't just see things, right, and react to them. We see things and we was revolutionary to them. We put some action to it. We asked the brothers and sisters to come together for a common cause so that we can demonstrate our spirit and who we were because freedom meant something different in those days. Freedom don't mean the same thing today. So we have to reconstruct the idea of freedom, justice, and equality in our daily mission. We have to learn to take an oath towards each other that i protect my brother, i protect my sis. If you down, I got you. I'm going to hold you up. We're going to help each other. We're going to collaborate. But without an oath, we can't hold each other to no standards and no accountability. Policemen got an oath. The sheriff got an oath. Right? The judge got an oath. The fraternities got an oath. But everybody can call themselves black and they can call yourself a brother, but you will never take an oath to that person. Go ask the people in your friend base right now, Dan, would you really take an oath if I'm down and you go help me, right? And then if you're not there, then I gotta cut you out because you broke your oath. So for me, I'm all about taking this oath so that we get to the highest level because we only dangerous if we work together. We not dangerous divided. I'm 19 Keys, it's Dame Dash. It's been Dangerous Solutions. here for progress we're here for freedom we're here to heal black man i see you black woman i see you i feel there's some guys in the building tonight we all at different cycles when you recognize the thing that you're going through is just a cycle And you understand that cycle is a wheel, it's circular by nature, time is a cycle. See, we have to learn the mathematics of the universe because we weren't taught how to identify the cycles and the patterns and the rhythms and the frequency. So where we can master our world and we have the ability to control our thoughts and everything that happens. So what I want to see us to do is focus on our creative imagination focus on imagining a better world designing a better world and then execute because that's how i know we're well working oil people right. that if we have ideas they're brought that means that we're giving birth to something it's the internal processes of your own mind that command your actions and when you have the ability to take control through awareness now you have the ability to fully functional control yourself HIGH LEVEL, HIGH LEVEL, HIGH LEVEL, HIGH LEVEL